This episode of Video Game Apocalypse is brought to you by GameFly, and you listeners right now can go to GameFlyOffer.com slash LazerTime to get a free month of unlimited games. Everybody and welcome to episode 298 of Vigil Game Apocalypse. I, as usual, am your host, Michael Raparez. Who else is here in the ethereal Tyler Wilde Memorial Studio of the Airwaves with me? Uh, failed primetime interruption, Chris Antista. And social experiment, Matthew Allen. And joining us for the second time ever, special guest... Uh, I'm going to take the role of Smashbert, Smash, Smashbert, did we say? Smashbert. Micah Seth. Thank you for joining us again. Other than our show, where have people heard you or seen your stuff in the past? All over the place. Maybe on Game Explain way back when, or IGN prior to that, or maybe you saw Snoop Dogg playing a game on stream earlier last year, and Smoking Weed, and I worked on that game. Every day. SOS. That's it. Only thing Micah runs is his mouth. Hey. <laughs> that, that's kind of true. Um, you, you know, I think about that character quite a lot because there aren't a lot of Micahs in fiction. The one prior to that was the annoying little kid on Heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, who, oh, that one really got my goat because oh, the characters would run around screaming Micah all the time, which is very annoying when you're watching a TV show. Um, what about it, Joe Scarborough's co host? Oh, is there a. Micah Brzezinski? Oh, no. That's Mika. It's, Mika. Oh, right. Okay. Mm. Um, <laughs> kids love my references. <laughs> but, you know, I, I was named topical. after a, a character from The Rifleman named Micah. And Chuck I bet, Connors Rifleman? I bet, God, I'm good at this. Uh, I bet the Micah from uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 was also named after that Rifleman character. So Could be. Um, Could we be. are one and the same. I, I'm just going to get used to it. <laughs> I'm just going to play one of those every time you come on. Just fair warning in advance. It's <laughs> it's, it's, fine. it's a thing now. <laughs> Things are beginning to move as we get further into 2019. We've got uh, a new Super Mario Brothers coming to Switch this week. But next week, we've got some, some interesting new releases reviving franchises that we thought were completely dead. We're getting a remaster of Onimusha. Which, who remembers Onimusha? I do. I love that series. Yay. And No More Heroes is making a comeback on Switch. Travis strikes again. And so, Matt, you came up with the idea of something that we'd actually both written down in our uh, commonplace book that we share on Google. Looking at franchises that used to be huge, like almost to the point of being household names among gamers that have been... Not only dead for years, but largely forgotten about. Like, people will still talk about them fondly, but uh, we haven't heard anything in at least five years. Right. Yeah. right. And they're not Smash Brothers characters. Right, right. Mm-hmm. It, and I did a similar episode uh, when you were on hiatus uh, called The Comeback Kids, a VGA, mm. uh, episode 266. But that was about long dead franchises who did come back after a several year break and what this one is about is the ones who haven't come back no the no happy ending for these ones yet right and for and for those curious no skate will not be on our list don't ask us just get it out front right don't ask us don't add us Mm -hmm. like ea an ea game 
It's an EA game, so having three games is basically like having one game. By the time the first game released, the second one is done, and the third one's being worked on. I wanted to suggest Double Dragon, mm. and all the releases were bad, but it ha- it's had a release even on like PS4 and uh, yeah, PS3. Yeah, there was some really bad Double Dragon 4. So. Mm-hmm. And yeah. b- before that, there was Wander of the Dragons that everyone ignored, and before that, there was Double Dragon Neon, which was done by WayForward, and great. it was amazing! That one's good, yeah, that but was- that one that, like the polygonal remake of two mm, it's just yeah it's insane we did a stream of a, a triple fe- a triple threat of bad double dragon games but i always say <laughs> that was the franchise if you would have asked me in 1989 to like present make a presentation on video games to aliens that would have been in the sizzle reel mm, double mm. dragon was everywhere everyone had it and it was on every system well a similar game that that could partially inspire this list that is coming back is the new streets of rage yeah that, that's, that's coming crazy, out right so yeah. that that's a I think you know Double Dragon is very similar. It's the what do they call them? Belt scrollers or the the belt scrolling yeah, brawlers, belt scrolling, where yeah. you just walk sideways and beat dudes up on a plane. That whole it's genre, all I want to do. Yeah, that whole genre sort of went away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that includes things like Final Fight, but Final Fight was just in that the uh, Capcom beat 'em up collection. Yeah, so beat 'em up bundle. So it's not completely forgotten. Right, right. Unlike some of the other things on this list, nothing at Capcom is. <laughs> no, it never is. Mm. But uh, and some of these, I'm I'm holding out hope that like somebody listens to this and is like, we've been working on that for the last three years. It's about to be announced. <laughs> Nobody listens to this. Don't hold out that hope. <laughs> you're right. You're right. It's delusional, man. <laughs> All right. Well, and and in putting this list together, I did my best. Like I, I kind of tried to straddle the line between like these were huge, huge franchises, right. but also it's things that we could have fun talking about and also would want to make a comeback. Right, yeah, because I I had a few entries on my list that were, they're more, let's call them cult hits at the time. Yeah, like Bushido Blade, for example. Yeah, we we just, that came up in a recent episode. Like, I would love another Bushido Blade game. Absolutely. And I think the first one did okay Mm sales-wise, but it just kind of fell off a cliff and and no one cared. And I I loved the second one, but uh, I don't think it sold real well and, like, Trying to get people to play it with me at Games Radar. I was like, look, Bushido Blade 2. Like, no. It'll only take one hit to kill you. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> look, you can throw swords and end the fights even faster. <laughs> it's great. Uh, the move I would do, I would just run around. Like, you could run in that game, and then mm-hmm. you just run into dudes and just basically impale them. And yeah, that's how I yeah, yeah. And you could play as the gun characters in that one, too, which mm-hmm. was awesome. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to get into this list right after this. Welcome to 2019. In case you didn't know, of course, Video Game Apocalypse just had its best video games of the year episode, and it is a wonderful one. Among the nominees, you've got Spider-Man, God of War, Red Dead Redemption 2, Monster Hunter World, and Monster Hunter World. Well, what if I told you you could play all of these games for free? Well, you can by going to GameFlyOffer.com slash LazerTime. You know, GameFly, we're talking the Netflix of games here. You make a queue, pick the games you want, pick your plan, they ship you the games you want, you play them all you want for one low monthly fee, ship them back when you're done. Play as many games as you absolutely can and ship back in a month for as low as nine fifty a month if you take advantage of our deal at GameFlyOffer.com slash LazerTime. GameFly's got not only damn near everything on VGA's Game of the Year list, they've got over 9,000 games and movies for PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, 3DS, and even some older legacy systems. GameFly is a great way to play more and spend less, but for this week, it's the cheapest way possible to play everything on Vigigame Apocalypse Greatest Games of 2018 list. Head to our exclusive link, GameFlyOffer.com slash LazerTime, and you can take advantage of two introductory offers. Try one month of GameFly, free, nothing, or you can get your first three months of GameFly for just $9.50 for the first three months. And hey, 
either one beats the hell out of paying $60 for just one game. Known it. Once again, get your free month of Gamefly at GameflyOffer.com slash LazerTime. And we're back to talk about what, Matt? Dead franchises, or or the mighty, the once mighty who have fallen. Ah, uh, yes. I don't know, whatever you want to... Gaze <laughs> upon my works, gamers, in despair! <laughs> I am Osmandius, game of games! I think you should put Osmandius in the title, and then make sure nobody downloads <laughs> it. <laughs> nobody, nobody will download it, ever. Which, uh, funnily enough... Osmandius is referenced in one of these that we will get to shortly, but let's begin with... Number five! Ooh. Who recognizes this great 1980s arcade gameplay? I do. Do you? Is that, sh- is that Shinobi? That is Shinobi. <laughs> Shinobi. Uh- <laughs> Shinobi. That's what I'm going to name myself when I become an expat gangster in Tokyo. Uh, but this, yeah, like not unlike Double Dragon, like this game was really, really, really huge. Oh yeah, but this fran- th- like the first game in general. If you had the Tengen port, like I did, it was awesome on NES mm. as well. I think I've told that story before. Like the NES version was fun, but I remember it being really slow for some reason. No, no, it was. The arcade yeah. game was definitely superior, but what what were you going to do? It was so popular in my group of friends. We go outside and play like Nerf football on the trampoline whenever we would like get to the end of the trampoline that was a touchdown. We would spike the football and uh, like yell Shinobi, Shinobi. Like we loved <laughs> Shinobi. Uh, and it was so huge in like the, the late 80s. Yeah, it was weird though cuz like I don't remember playing a Shinobi game until the Genesis game. Uh, so and that's when I got into Shinobi. And, and specifically I, Revenge that's, of that's Shinobi. That's the thing. Like the, first Shinobi game, the first Shinobi game is a good like Ninja Gaiden ripoff. Eh, and then, uh, uh, it's more like the, a rolling Thunder The Genesis Thunder Shinobi game is when the series gets really, really fucking cool yeah. and weird. Yeah, with this. Yeah, but that's the one where you fight the fake Spider-Man. Yep, who I think turns into a fake Batman. Fake Batman, yeah. yeah and yeah. there's a fake Godzilla, too. Or was that in Shadow Dancer? Um, no, that's in this game. Yeah, yeah. They're, that was yeah. such a weird game. Wasn't there some legal thing where they eventually had to negotiate some rights issues with Marvel? Because they got around the Batman thing because it looked like an organic bat. It was like mm-hmm. literally a Batman. And, and Sega was the exclusive publisher of Spider-Man stuff at the time, so I think yeah. nobody wanted to rock the boat. Well, I, yeah, I, re- I remember there was like a bullpen bulletin in Marvel Comics at the time that was like, you might recognize a familiar face in Shinobi. Yeah, it's right. Spider-Man. It's, and it's just, it's not precisely Spider-Man. It's just off-model enough where they mm-hmm. might have gotten away with it. <laughs> where it's, like, uh... it's Turkish Spider-Man. He's <laughs> right. a villain. That's how you know. No, but this one is, you know, many people, myself included, regard this as the high point in the Shinobi series. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the it reasons is. we don't talk about Shinobi anymore is is there were just a lot of really forgettable games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other reason is you, you brought up a name. They can't fucking decide on a name for the series, so it was Shinobi, and then it became Shadow Dancer. And yep. it's like every every other game they release, they give it a different name. And another example of this is the follow-up to the 2002 PlayStation 2 Shinobi, mm-hmm. uh, which was called... Nightshade. That's right. Target confirmed. Nakatomi conglomerate mercenaries. Destroy the intruders. Ibana, proceed with your mission. Roger. <laughs> it's a perfect evening for a picnic, too. Today's just not my day. 
that that game, by the way, it was I think the last of the Shinobi console releases that I'm aware of, and it begins with it starts off fucking right with the main character launching herself onto a cloaked stealth bomber in flight and then fighting on its back, uh, kicking missiles to blow up the it, its fighter plane escort. It reminds me a lot of the opening of Bayonetta 2. Yeah. Nice. Like. But it also reminds me, it sounds a little bit like um, what Ninja Gaiden was doing at the time, you know, with the Ninja Gaiden reboots. is like, uh, well, more so, I guess, in the DOA series, they would have Ryu do some crazy, outrageous shit. Like, oh, uh, yeah. like, oh I'm going to kick a missile and all this shit. So mm-hmm. that that's the other thing is, like, around this time, like, that, that Shinobi... Let's call it a reboot, the 2002 and then the 2003. It's yeah. like they almost seemed like they were trying to ape Ninja Gaiden a little bit. A little bit, but it wasn't like there wasn't the same level of acrobatics. It felt like sort of like uh, a more boring Devil May Cry, honestly, in that like you'd, you'd kind of move along these 3D environments and then like spirit barriers go up and yes. you have to fight a certain number of enemies. And I think there are bonuses for like uh, hitting a bunch of them so that they all die at once in a lethal blow. Perhaps this is our destiny. Perhaps this is my destiny. <laughs> and there's there's no greater proof of like the decline of Japanese development than like where are all the fucking ninjas at now? <laughs> ninjas were everywhere. Yeah. Like, oh, like we're we're half the game starred ninjas. Uh, Maybe they were just an 80s trend. We might get one coming up this year, though, with Ghost of Tsushima, as we talked about, because that looks more like a ninja. That's a samurai No, but it looks more like a ninja game. Like, that's what we were saying on the most anticipated, is it's kind of riding that line. And I I think they might be, like, sneaking a ninja game under the samurai guys here. We'll see. No pun intended, sneak a ninja game. Uh Same with Sekiro, right? So both the upcoming, Mm -hmm. like... "Quote unquote samurai games are uh, right, maybe right. ninja games. Well, actually, yeah, the, the Sekiro creator was like, "Hey, expect more Tenchu yeah. than yeah. Dark Souls," which I can I can get behind that. But uh, I just remember like the original arcade game mostly for its amazing attract sequence, which just showed off the bonus round of like you throwing ninja stars so in first good. person at a bunch of uh, so oncoming ninjas, and that was like I, I think that. That drew a lot of people to the machine, including me. And then it's like, oh, it's a side scroller. Oh, I do get to throw these eventually. I mean, That's this is like pre Doom, yeah. right? So yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. Any, or, or pre Wolfenstein, even. So like any any first person view yeah. kind of thing right there is immediately going to catch your eyes. So. <laughs> Meanwhile, have you been to like the fucking county fair and tried to buy a ninja star? That dude threw out like two thousand dollars in ninja star. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember the South Park episode where a boy takes one to the eye, and that's... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Poor Butters. <laughs> yeah, that's right, it was Butters. And oh. they dressed him up like a dog to try and take him to the vet. It's <laughs> <sighs> a good episode. But yeah, uh, Shinobi was... Like, what What was the last in the series? Was it Nightshade? I, it was I feel the like 3DS well, game. It was, it was the Shinobi 3D, which which came out for 3DS right, in yes, 2011. Yes, that's right, yeah. That's uh, which is really... That's the sad thing about it, is that that game's really fucking good. It's uh, it's hella underrated. It was one of the best 3DS games at the time, but like at that, I think at that point the name recognition was gone. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I, like I said, like it's hard to have name recognition when you're changing your name every other game. You know, like mm-hmm. Nightshade was a year after Shinobi. Why didn't they just call it like Nightshade Shinobi Two or something? I, I think the like uh, the title in Japan was Kunoichi. If I'm yeah, yeah, it was, which yeah. is like a female uh, ninja. Yeah. Okay. 
I mean, so, I mean, Shinobi is like a generic term, also, right? right? It and is. So, it is. so I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. The most maybe memorable... the series should have been called Nightshade or something. Maybe like that, that would have been cool. I, the only <laughs> thing I remember about the 2002 version was it had really good scarf technology. Yes, <laughs> like the scarf. Like that, that was so immediately just captivating. Like I remember seeing that for the first time on like big demo screens at E3. Like, yeah. wow, this looks amazing. This huge like flowing red scarf just trailing behind the main character. I think it got longer as you got power-ups. It did. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. Like, a bit like Journey, where it gets longer as you yeah, go yeah. on. But it, it made me think of Spawn immediately. I was just about just to say, if we cape. go back and look at it, it'll probably look about as good as Spawn's cape currently <laughs> looks. So turn out your lights. What? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I remember I was reminded of that game when I did a video parody of the Sarah McLaughlin ASE... The, the the crying dog yeah, video yeah, yeah. in the arms of angels, and I was looking for animal cruelty in games, and I think Michael was like, "Dude, Shinobi slices the <laughs> shit out of a bunch of fucking dogs." Oh, that might have been they, Ninja Warriors, actually, because that that was like I, I just remember the horrible yelps coming from the arcade. Cabinet. Yeah, they're like heads slide off their bodies, oh, though. It like it doesn't treat the dogs any differently from like a human apparently. Oh, okay, then like, it might be yeah the the two thousand two Shinobi that I'm thinking of. Yeah, it, it's just it's real hard. Yeah, yeah. Shouldn't happen to a dog. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, let's move on to... Number four. Cain is deified. The clans tell tales of him. Few know the truth. He was mortal once, as were we all. However, his contempt for humanity drove him to create me and my brethren. I am Raziel, firstborn of his lieutenants. Uh, yes, this yeah. is this is my personal pick. This is one of my favorite series of all time. Now, are we going to call this Legacy of Kane series, or are we calling this the Soul Reaver series, or, or the Blood Omen? Or, yeah. or the yeah. Blood, blood Omen. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the, I say Blood Omen. But. The naming conventions on this series are weird because it was a, first Blood Omen Legacy of Kane, Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver, Soul Reaver Two. I think that it might have dropped Legacy of Kane for that one. It did. Uh, blood Omen Two, and then Legacy of Kane Defiance. So you wanna you wanna dish Shinobi for not keeping a consistent name. <laughs> well, and then Nosgoth. The, the yes, Nosgoth, the, the <laughs> MMO that, that never really materialized. Yeah. 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 I think it was it like in in beta or something for a little while. And I think they just yeah they yeah. they killed it after it was in beta. Uh, too bad. Yeah. But yeah, this was like this series set a really high bar in the late '90s for voice acting and cinematics, especially mm-hmm. like that that clip that I just played was from the intro to Soul Reaver, which I still remember when it premiered on IGN and mm. just like watching that video over and over again, like, fuck, this looks amazing. Yeah. Well, Soul Reaver is really what brought that series into 3D as well. Mm-hmm. Like Soul Reaver became sort of a 3D pl- puzzle platform and a lot of, I just remember a lot of block sequences and block yeah. puzzles. Didn't, wasn't too fond of those. I remember that was one of the first times I heard the word, the phrase Zelda killer just flung around. <laughs> <laughs> but then I, I tried after playing Soul Reaver to go back and, play Blood Omen and that was tough because that was like if I remember correctly yeah. wasn't it like top down view but it was still it's, 2D sprite it's based. 2D sprite yeah. it's an RPG it's not the, it's not the, anything like the uh, PlayStation uh, version Sword. takes for fucking ever to yeah. load like hitting pause means you have to wait for like 30 seconds yeah. while it loads it was on uh, PS3 though on, on the PS classics or whatever mm-hmm. and that, that version ran pretty well and it Great. Was, was fun yeah. I, I liked it there uh, and the voice acting still pretty high quality despite the sound quality itself not being I'm a kicker if we put you down once we could do it again Bay Victor! <laughs> Bay- 
sneering faces were forever etched upon my memory. I had crossed death for this moment. My mind was empty save for one thought. I would kill. Simon Templeman is an amazing actor. <laughs> it's so weird how we don't hear the compression in our memories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jesus. Never do. But yeah, ba- badly compressed, but uh, ve victus, or, or ve victus, if you want to be an insufferable jerk who deserves to get punched in the face. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it means woe to the vanquished. Did the original Legacy of Kane, was that a Silicon Knights game? Am I correct? Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, you yeah. can hear the the eternal darkness in that writing there, mm-hmm. um, for yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I, yeah, I remember my, the powers, too, were, were kind of a new thing. Like, you you know, the whole premise, I guess we, we should set it up. These games are about vampires. Although is, is Raziel yeah. really a vampire? He's he, like a he soul is. vampire. Well. When, when we hear that intro that I played earlier, he is uh, the first of Kane's lieutenants, yeah. one of the first vampires that was turned by Kane. It's, it's a profane affront, actually, because mm-hmm. he's like an order of holy knights, and Kane turns him. And like, yep. that's what you, you slowly discover over the course of these games. Sorry to spoil these really mm-hmm. old games yeah, for you. Yeah. Is like, yeah, you know, uh, Raziel doesn't really know who he is or where he's from, and then you're, you're, you discover, like, Wow, this fucking bastard! Like yeah. you know, made me the like, thing that I was was he, was fighting. Yeah, and, that's the these games are like games that used time travel to a ridiculous degree. The Soul Reaver games were amazing in that respect. But uh, yeah, Raziel has been Kane's lieutenant for like thousands of years. By the time Soul Reaver opens, he doesn't remember his former life, which was like a blip. Then he he goes back in time and he discovers like I was part of the Seraphan, these holy knights that were. Uh, d- dedicated to exterminating vampires, and then, like the more he learns, he realizes like, oh, we were bastards. I I rebuke my former self. And uh, is, is that what Matt Damon and Ben Affleck were in Dogma? Uh, uh, seraphim, yeah, seraphim yeah, ty- ty- type of angel. Yeah, yeah these are seraphim. Yeah, they they kind of adapt the. Word. I was correct. Mm-hmm. Um, close, close enough. Yeah. I think that's what the inspiration's but supposed to be. I know my Bible. Yeah, but uh, at, at the beginning of Matt Soul Reaver, in the Bible. <laughs> Right next to Charlton Heston. <laughs> Love Matt Damon in Deadpool 2, by the way. <laughs> Sorry, Michael. But, I, I interrupted you. <laughs> but at the beginning of Soul Reaver, Raziel, his great sin is that he, he grows wings before Kane does. And so Kane, being petty, throws him into a giant maelstrom and water is like acid for vampires. So Raziel basically melts and lies at the bottom of this uh, water for who knows how long until he is... Resurrected by the Elder God, played to the hilt by Tony J. Use your hatred to leave their souls. I can make it possible. Become my soul reaver. My angel of death. My only reaver. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the, um... That's the voice of, uh, Dom Frollo from The Hunchback. Disney's Hunchback, by the way. I just do remember this was like quite an elaborate story. Uh, if you play, oh, try super to play elaborate. all the games and and, um, but the cool thing about the gameplay we talked about like the puzzle platforming and stuff is you could shift planes uh, mm-hmm. and each plane had different kind of physical laws. And so as Raziel, you could like go into the spirit plane and you would have to go. Which into you both. would do by default if you died, and then you had to absorb souls to become material. Right. Well, that was another mechanic. Is both both games your health constantly ticked down, mm-hmm. and so as Kane, you needed to suck people's blood, and then as Raziel, you had to, to reave souls to to keep your health up. But yeah, you, that's 
how you would solve the puzzles is you had to use your powers or go, you know, shift into these planes. And they became kind of quite elaborate environmental puzzles where you, you had to figure stuff out. Um, sometimes they were frustrating. I will, I will admit yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah. I just remember, like, jamming my spiked fingers into a lot of blocks and dragging them around. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it, it had, like, it had that uh, Zelda-style puzzle platformer exploration. It had... Uh, and I, I, I say that and realize, like, well, Zelda didn't really have jumping, but who cares? It had, like, Metal Gear-style, really elaborate boss battles that were, like, these multi-stage things. That yeah, yeah. And it, it had dialogue that Castlevania Lords of Shadow eat your fucking heart out, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah, like, uh, then when Soul Reaver 2 came out, I, I remember being profoundly disappointed by that. It's like, so the first game had amazing boss fights. This game does not have a single boss fight. It's it's just wow. like a straightforward thing that like introduces this Mobius character who might have been in Blood Omen now that I think about it. But he's like manipulating the time stream like, oh, you have to abide by your destiny. You can't get out of it. And and that's when the series starts to get really ridiculous. And then Blood Omen 2 is like, oh, after all this mucking around in the timeline, Kane's past has been altered. And then finally you get Legacy of Kane Defiance where Kane and Raziel come together to defy fate. Given the choice, whether to rule a corrupt and failing empire, or to challenge the fates for another throw, a better throw against one's destiny, what was a king to do? Yeah. And this, this was partially written by Amy Hennig. Oh, nice. Who, who left Crystal Dynamics halfway through to go to Naughty Dog. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And so that's why the stories. They were complex and a little bit ridiculous, but they were also pretty well written for games yeah, they at were, the time. They were super compelling. Yeah, yeah. Certainly yeah, a, a yeah. step above like what other games were attempting at the time. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, no, yeah, I, just am I am I am I crazy? Like I remember this wasn't why I bought a Dreamcast Soul Reaver, but like the difference between that and the PlayStation version was like so night and day. Mm-hmm. Yep, this it, it was it looked like it looked like when you have like high res remakes. Uh, yeah, you know, last gen compared with the, the generation before it. Like, yeah, it, it yeah, was that it, noticeable. It feels like a dumb thing to point out, but they came out so close together that it was like, you would be an idiot to not spend $200 to, like, improve this game for yourself. Yeah. And I, I, I guess just there were a, bunch a of lot of idiots ended- out there didn't pick up a damn Dreamcast. <laughs> well, I was going to say, you'd be an yeah. idiot to spend $200 on a Dreamcast, because, baby, I got that thing for $100 yep, when that's... it went on fire nope. sale. Nine nine ninety nine day one, still have the shirt. Same, t- same here. Uh, you're both to blame for this. <laughs> I think I got, like, the system plus, like, ten games for $200, because everything was fire sale. Oh, everything must go. I think you should go to hell for treating the Dreamcast like a virtual boy. Hey, listen, I spent my time nurturing Seaman like the rest of us. I did just fine with my Dreamcast. Thank nurturing Seaman, got it. I... <laughs> That's the joke. Yes, yes, yes. No, I played the shit out of that game, too. Uh, but, yeah, that, I think that was actually, like, the first time since you bring that up that I remember... Like that's, I feel like that's where the whole remaster thing started. Like, yeah, the better versions of these PS One games are on Dreamcast, like Tony Hawk Two, and wasn't uh, there a better there a Rayman? There was a better there Rayman. Was a better Rayman. Rayman, Rayman Two, yeah, uh, yeah, was better than the N sixty four. Although, if the... you, I, I had never played that N sixty four version until recently that used the expansion pack, it's and good. like it looks so much better than you think an N sixty four game. Would I mean, I, I really liked it, and then I got the Dreamcast ones. Yeah, even better. You mean the textures don't look like you threw a bucket of water on a watercolor painting? <laughs> like all N64 games? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like mud. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. <laughs> everything's just mud. Uh, but everything's just blood mm. in the Soul Reaver series. Ah, that's true. 
Any anyone else have anything fun to say about this? Well, I was wondering why memories? we think that this franchise isn't around anymore. I think it had it's had something to do with what, Crystal Dynamics wasn't always an IDOS company, right? Mm, well, I think these were all published by, or at least uh, Soul Reaver on were published by IDOS. I, I think you mentioned IDOS. I think that's the reason these aren't around anymore. Is is IDOS isn't a going concern anymore, mm-hmm. and so I think it's one of those franchises which you know as people kind of sell off. IP, just no one picked this one up. Like it must yeah. have been sales of the last few were kind of tapering. Yeah, off. I, th- I think maybe Blood Omen two and and Defiance weren't as popular as some of the earlier games, mm-hmm. and yeah. enthusiasm was beginning. Well, no, no, I'm, I'm saying that I think I think that whole team got shifted over to Tomb Raider eventually because they are kind of similar gameplay types. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, environmental puzzle solving. And, and I, I'm speculating. I do not know that for a fact, but I, I thought Crystal Dynamics was a separate like a, a separate company for a while. And I think once they went under this big corporate umbrella, they got shifted onto the more popular product. Mm. Yeah, that could be speculation, speculation, all speculation, but man, I loved, I love just hoovering up souls. Like remember the first time that you saw like Raziel pull off his mask and, uh, he had that cool. Yeah, it was, he had no lower jaw, no yeah. jaw. And it, I hesitate to call it a mask. It was just more like a, a scarf that he just mm-hmm. placed pretty, you know, Around his nose or something, and then he yep. would pull it down. And, and it was what was disturbing. keeping it up? Magic, yeah. vampire magic. I guess so. <laughs> I mean, you're questioning a guy who absorbs souls to keep his health up. I am. <laughs> I think that deserves to be questioned, sir. Maybe that's why the the yeah. franchise is no more. <laughs> Someone said, "Wait a minute." But yeah, like it's it's so like this. I think is what I generally think of first when I think of this concept because there was yeah. there was a period in time where like this was so huge, like it yeah. dominated uh, enthusiast press coverage. It's, it got magazine covers, which was a big deal uh, twenty years ago. <laughs> it's no, but that, that was a hallmark to when you know a game was like a mega seller. Mm-hmm. Like over a million, I, th- I just looked at it for a second ago. It's like it's over, a, it's a couple million copies across this relatively small franchise. This burned really hot for a really short oh, yeah. amount of time, and then it poof just disappeared. That's it. Yeah, and and man, that was such a weird post-apocalypse too. Just wandering around Nosgoth and saying like, yeah, vampires and monsters have mostly taken over, and there are some humans, but they're just sort of. Uh, huddled into these little hidden uh, settlements in the mountains. And... I'm sure it's a metaphor for something I'm not smart enough to really understand. Mm, yeah, probably. For vampirism. Anyway. <laughs> Number three. Is that uh, great PS1 era audio ringing any bells for anybody? Mm, mm. Uh, yes. Not lo- to mention that laughter. Yeah. Long nights in dorm rooms spent playing with friends. Uh, I was fourteen. No. <laughs> I was in college. <laughs> I was. I was also in high school. <laughs> oh man. Well, basements then. I don't know. Yeah, but in terms of uh, platform sellers, I was convinced I didn't need to follow the game. I saw what the Sega CD could do. I heard of these things called the Saturn and the, the PlayStation. Like, I don't need these new systems and then I, I in this PlayStation 1 launched and it's got like Mortal Kombat I've seen that and then my friend put this on I'm like I need a PlayStation right now yeah, because of Twisted, Twisted Metal fucking Twisted fucking Metal, metal. Uh, because I, it's a genre I've never seen done before something I didn't know that could be done that we could sit here and drive around on a split screen 13 inch television mm-hmm. god yeah. damn what fucking how, how old am I how miserable would that experience be it's like <laughs> 
It's like playing on two iPhones put together. <laughs> uh, yeah, we didn't think about we it at the time. Of twisted yeah. metal. No, and, and I think this was sort of a, a, a genre redefining thing because there was car combat before then, but it was more like road rash games, which were yeah. like racing games where you would just try to take the other guy out. Which eventually kind of got replaced by like kart game, kart racers like Mario. Kart. Well, it was the multiplayer and then the Street Fighter element, the yeah. wildly different cars with special moves mm-hmm. and weapons. Well, and that was like such a cool thing. Twisted Metal Two, which you might have heard of recently, is a game that fans were screaming and saying, "Why isn't this on PlayStation Classic instead of the first game?" But it introduced all these cool things like fighting your friends in the ruins of the Eiffel Tower that you've just blown up, and then like you just blew up yourself using those little uh, controller movements, like to to use the freeze blast, uh, left, left, right, freeze. Yeah. Then I, I pull up as Thumper and unleash my goddamn flamethrower and murders, murders. Yeah. Going around his axle, wondering like, why am I? Why aren't I just like immediately torn to shreds by machine guns? Since I'm completely unprotected at the center of these two giant wheels. And I'm not going to blame this series for establishing the killer clown trope, but it certainly carried the torch of things like it with Sweet Tooth. Right? <laughs> oh like, boy, <laughs> did it ever! In fact, this series was so big by the time Twisted Metal Four came around. So. The the conceit of the series is like, oh, it's a demonic guy named Calypso. I'm Calypso. <laughs> I'm holding a car combat event. The winner gets their heart's desire. <laughs> and you should have acknowledged the lexical ambiguity of your wish. <laughs> I will make you the the biggest man in the world. <laughs> we did a whole, we, it was a failed series we were working on called Ending Theater. Where we watched all the Twisted Metal endings because they're all so wonderful. <laughs> well, uh, maybe well. you'll remember this one, which is uh, proof of how big this series got. Our master, Mr. Zombie, has vanquished his enemies with pleasure and ease. Mr. Zombie will now get one wish by the sweet and gentle grace of your master, Sweet Tooth. <laughs> what is our wish? Our wish is to let this world hear the wails and war cries of a dead man's soul. So be it! Hugh Rob Zombie song, because that's who that is. The the brood witch. You must eat the sun-dried tomatoes. (laughs) Yeah, I think that that voice actor playing like the weird little clown doll might be uh, the same one that played Orthopox in Invader Zim. Orthopox being from Destroy All Humans, your creepy-ass handler who wants you to harvest spines. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm really hoping we touch upon, though, um, it was, I would call it a series reboot, and th- it was actually my first intro to the series, which was Twisted Metal Black. Hmm. That shit is great. Ah, yes. I think I have a clip. He said his name was Calypso. He ran some kind of weird contest, and he was looking for people like me to be a part of it. He told me, if I won, I could have the one thing my heart desired. I may be no rocket scientist, but I know opportunity when I say it. Yeah, yes. so Twisted Metal <laughs> Twisted Metal 2 was sort of like the Street Fighter 2 of car combat games. 3 and 4 yep. were handed over to a different developer, 989 Studios, and kind of lost the script so badly that like, by the time 2001 rolled around, they're like, okay, we need to... Hand it back to the original people, and we need to just completely throw everything out and reboot it. With with God of War creator David Jaffe, right? Wasn't yes. wasn't this his his thing? Yeah, I think the the whole series was his. Mm. Right, right. And so yeah. this is the one though that 
we sort of make fun of like sequels that go dark, you know, but this was like, okay, we're, we're taking the series dark, literally naming it Twisted Metal yeah. Black. Super uh, grim dark, not quite post-apocalyptic, but like everything's super serious and gross and there's a preacher character who crucifies himself in one of the cutscenes and... Yes, it's it's Edgelord. Or, uh, uh, was it? Didn't Warthog? His ending is, shows that he uh, he's traumatized because he ate his friend in Vietnam. Uh, that sounds about right. <laughs> I don't remember. Well, the series is always dark, but like I don't know. They 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 took this and ran with it like a fucking badge of honor, and it is mm. like it's wonderful. Like as a, as a theme, like I think that's that's all Twisted Metal actually really needs is they had that one game that took place in a, a tiny world. And I think that's one theme mm-hmm. that I, I'm not a huge fan of. But, like, if Twisted Metal could come up with a new theme as cool as Black's, like, take the series, like, super, super yeah. dark. Every sky is Re- red. Remember, Blood- like, the, the, like, stage transforming th- things that would happen? Like, you could mm-hmm. shoot down a running Ferris wheel and have it roll across the map. Or, like, yes. a jetliner yeah. crashed at one point and just created all these huge craters. I think after this, there was Twisted Metal Small Brawl. That's what I was thinking. Remember of, that? The tiny yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, it wasn't tiny. Well, it, it was, but the idea was that, like, all the characters from Twisted Metal are kids with remote control vehicles, and they're fighting. Yay, it's cute. <laughs> uh, and they went from that to black. Yeah. Yes, yeah, from that to black. And then they had Twisted Metal head-on, which was more, like, in the spirit of the original series a little more. Like, mm-hmm. somewhat mm-hmm. more colorful, a little less grimdark, but still pretty dark. But that was the PSP. Yes, yeah, that yeah, later got right. ported to PS2. Yeah, and then and then they did try. They, it seems like they attempted a reboot in 2012, and you know, that was just called Twisted Metal. It was. She was the one. She was the only one. There have been so many people I've killed over the years, but her. She was the only one who ever escaped. She was the one that got away. Uh, sweet tooth. So, uh, did you guys play the PS3 one at all? I really left a bad taste in my mouth for some reason. Yeah. I reviewed it, oh. and it was <sighs> had a much bigger story emphasis than even like Twisted Metal Black, where you would play through the, these mini campaigns as each character. Uh, characters weren't tied to specific vehicles; you could switch them out for different huh. things. Which also meant that like races were just won by like, what's the fastest car? I'll get yeah, in that. Yeah, 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 I won. That sounds like defeating uh, the purpose. It could have been better. I think it it wasn't what a lot of people wanted, but uh, it was it was okay. But it just sort of came and went. And no, wait, just to go back to more. Black. Why do I yes. associate it with the PlayStation Network? Did you, did you get it <clears throat> free? Because you bought the modem? Black online. Yes, yeah, yes. I think if you bought. How did how did it work? I think maybe if you bought the modem, yeah. you could send away for the free disc that was just Twisted Metal there, Black. There Online. was a mail-in card that if you yeah. got the network adapter, you would mail in and, and you would get this thing. They later packaged it with the greatest hits version mm. of the game, so you could get online. But yeah, that was that's the thing I was thinking of is like I kind of feel like this franchise is ripe for a reboot because yeah. if you think yeah. of the kind of games that are really successful now, it's like it has a lot of the, the stuff that like MOBAs have, which is like a lot of character variety and like hero characters that mm-hmm. do different things. And it's multiplayer. Like it has yeah. outrageously good multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and DLC well, think... opportunities. Yep. Exactly. Car, car combat uh, battle royale. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Well, I think in part why the, the PS3 version 
didn't do so well was because car combat in general, like that whole genre felt kind of played out by that point. Like this, this is just a racing game with guns and rockets and it's not as fun as it should be anymore. I I was not a fan of the presentation. I remember playing it and like, it, it, it doesn't so much look like I'm driving a car as if, uh, uh, like, an episode of Wienerville where someone is holding up a car on a <laughs> stick and tilting it left and right as, oh, I, God. as I move. Like, this doesn't look great, and the presentation hasn't improved enough. And, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was such a bummer because I remember I was so excited. I was at that E3 where they announced it, and Sweet Tooth was out there, like, giving out real ice cream mm-hmm. and an ice cream truck. Uh, I, I'm just, yeah, I love, I have nothing but positive memories of the Twisted Metal series, even though, unlike a lot of the games in this list, over half their games are bad. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. Can't argue with that. Mm-hmm. It really is, yeah. I think two and black are generally regarded as like the two best games in the series, and everything mm-hmm. else is kind of like, eh. The one's nice, and Small Brawl is like a totally solid game. It's just like, it's not what you want, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like the is Paper it... Mario of Twisted Metal. <laughs> That's a good way of putting yeah, it. I love Paper yeah, yeah. Mario. Oh, I'm gonna get the letters. Nobody sends us letters. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any any other fond memories of this? No, I, I wanted to come back uh, big time. Like I, I don't know. I, I I don't know why Sony hasn't made more of a push for this because they they killed it the first time by trying to make it an annual series. Uh, they killed it a second mm-hmm. time by like I don't know. I think I think that. I think we're ready for a really cool new car combat game. I really do. Yeah. I, I feel like in a lot of ways, like the racing genre and the open world genre have, have advanced so far that like just the idea of self-contained car combat feels a little bit quaint. I guess and right. I think it, it it got pushed to like a saturation point in the PlayStation 1 generation. Remember, we had like the Star Wars one. We had Vigilante 8. We had WWE right. Crush Hour. We got Wreckfest last year, but that felt more like just a demolition derby oh, game. Oh, yeah. And, 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 like and make no mistake, Twisted Metal is little more than Mario Kart Battle Mode with like a fucking Static yeah. X soundtrack. That's, <laughs> that's pretty much all it is. And, and it, it, it's not a kart racer. But, like, Mario Kart invented what Twisted Metal is. Yeah. This is true. Folks, Rob Zombie needs work, all right? He's done yeah. ruining your favorite horror franchise. Does anybody have any ditches they need digging through? <laughs> <laughs> and burning through witches? <laughs> Such a good Rob Zombie I impression. I know he's a listener. That's exactly what he sounds like. Probably. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to one I know you guys are a little less familiar with, but is very important. Number two. During the earliest span of the Age of Darkness, found in the writings of only the most aged of manuscripts, lived a world born of mystic arts and ancient sorcery, Sorcaria. Who knows what that is? Well, now I know why that franchise is extinct. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Is that, that Ultima? That is Ultima. That is the intro to Ultima Online. Was that Lord British himself or just generic uh, narrator? I imagine it was probably... I don't I don't know what Richard Garriott sounds like, but I well, imagine I just, it's the, a narrator. I mean, Lord British is the character from Ultima. Yes, the but he, he's yeah. the alter ego of creator sure, Richard sure. Garriott. Yes. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah, Ultima is one of those seminal series. It's like, this is so important like it came after it's not the first computer rpg but it was the one that defined kind of laid down and defined a lot of elements that became familiar in other mm-hmm. games in in subsequent years like 
the top-down overworld, mm-hmm. the free roaming. Uh, spaceships in fantasy games. Oh, yeah. That that was my favorite thing about <laughs> Ultima 1, actually, is finding a spaceship <laughs> and just going into space but for no reason. But isn't that from D&D? There's like the Spelljammer uh, universe. Yeah, but these were like, like space shuttles. It was just ah, like a... Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Spelljammer is like, you know, uh, a ship, you know. Uh, but it's like it's a like a ship that runs that on magic. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, but Richard Garriott, I mean, hey, he eventually did go to space. So, you know, his, his obsession, or he's trying to get to space. Didn't did he, he? I think he didn't did. Didn't he pay some space, money to yeah. go to space? Yeah. 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 He floated. There's a picture of him. It looks stupid. Uh-huh. He floated. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, I think he went on the vomit comet, but uh, he actually did like do the, the Russian space tourism thing. Um, and I think his DNA might be like in that floating satellite or whatever, but um, I could be wrong. But it, it, it came a long way for a game that originally sounded like this. That is, by the way, annihilating monsters with a ray gun. <laughs> I mean, Ultima feels to me like it. Yeah, it's it's just always been there as a series. Mm-hmm. Um, it could have been one of those games easily that was like, you're in a room. There's a door to the west. What do you do? You mean like, like Zork? <laughs> yes, like a Zork text adventure game. I, 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 I know, I know the games are more complicated game, than that. And they're also like it, it pioneered almost everything Western RPGs are known for now. Yes. yes. It, Although I was more of a Might and Magic guy. Like it, it was it was right there alongside like Wizardry, Might and Magic. They were all like the mm-hmm. early CRPGs doing yeah. this. But like Ultima 1 felt like I I played the shit out of that when I was a kid with a bootleg copy that my dad bought in uh, Korea mm-hmm. on a business trip, but brought that home and uh yeah, I just remember playing the crap out of it and then like when Zelda, Final Fantasy, Dragon Warrior, those games came along, they felt like they had sprung from Ultima, because it was just that, like, you're controlling one character, it's top-down, you have total freedom of movement, you can get a ship and sail across the sea, whatever you want to do, and uh, and then there were, like, the 3D dungeons that were more like Wizardry and previous games that had come out, which you experienced in first person, mm-hmm. but, like, this game, I think, was hugely influential in Japan. Uh, on the NES, it was published yep. by FCI, Pony Canyon, uh, which they then spat back into our mouths, uh, bringing Ultima 3 over as just Ultima on NES. <laughs> with, like, these re- like really cute character designs that you'd design your party. And the first Final Fantasy was kind of influenced by that, in that, like, you, you just created your characters. It wasn't yet to the point where it's like, no, these are these pre-established characters who are going to go through this story now. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, the series itself had uh, nine games that... Spanned into, I think, the the late 90s. Here's a clip from the beginning of Ultima 9. Hurry, Avatar, for you are needed in Britannia. That was kind of one of the neat things about it was that the, the conceit was like, no, you're the Avatar. You're a person who lives in the real world and enters the world of Britannia or Sosaria through your computer. And, and like this, this hero is supposed to be an avatar of you in the real world. You're basically like a divine being. But if you ever played Ultima 9, you never got to even leave your bedroom because the game yes. is so buggy. Yeah. You never made it past like the first little speech this lady gives. Uh, ridiculous. Yeah. That was my first experience with the Ultima franchise, and I did not understand why it had gotten nine games because, <laughs> Wow. The, the earlier ones were better and included uh, Ultima Underworld, which was a landmark first-person game before Doom, before Wolf 3D, I think, if, if I remember right. And uh, Ultima Online, obviously. Dude, it's uh, still running. Yeah, still running. Basically, spawned the whole 
spawned MMOs as we know them. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, this this series has always been groundbreaking because it was one of the first MMORPGs out there, and then mm-hmm. they had a free-to-play MMORPG with Ultima Forever that, that they did mm-hmm. get shuttered, like, fairly quickly. That was, like, 2012 or something. Oh, like that was that. The, the mobile one, which I, th- I think that was the mobile one. I, re- I remember reviewing it, and it was, like, a, an MMO, all top-down, and free to play and very dependent on like, oh, you need to gather enough keys to open chests so you can get better equipment and better quests. Do you have enough keys? Maybe you'd like to buy some. This series has always sort of been trying new things mm-hmm. and I, I don't know, it, but it, but it is, it's been a long time since any versions yeah. of Ultima came out. I still remember uh, going to the, like this weird press slash fan event for Ultima 10 that was in San Francisco <clears throat> and like that, that game was obviously canceled, but they had it running and looking pretty good. And it's like, no, this isn't another, it will like, it was going to sort of be an MMO, but not really. It was going to be also a single player experience. And I guess it was just too expensive and EA pulled the plug on it. Mm. But yeah, when they, when they brought back Ultima for what I'm thinking is, that, well, the, the mobile version that I played, uh, they notably, uh, dropped Lord British who I think is tied to Richard Garriott. Yeah, he yeah. owns he Lord British, and I so was, there yeah. was Lady British. Yes, oh, really? it's like his daughter <laughs> yes. supposed to be. Yeah. Like, no. oh, I don't know where my father has gone who was here for nine games and an MMO. And Well, he didn't approve of the monetization practices, I'm, yeah, I'm I, I would assume not, <laughs> and it did not last long. It lasted like a year. It was okay. Like, I had some fun with it. Yeah, yeah but it was a little bit aggressive with the free-to-play stuff. But uh, worth noting also... That Ultima does sort of live on in that Forsaken Virtue Shroud of the Avatar. Shroud of the Avatar. Yeah, Shroud of the... Which is a game uh, made by Richard Garriott, which is sort of a spiritual successor to Ultima in everything but name. Mm. But I do think Lord British is going to be in it. I think he has that Yeah, character. yeah, he does. Um, so... So, yeah. That's enough for me. Mm-hmm. He's like the Jack Ryan of RPGs. <laughs> <laughs> He's just always there. <laughs> Well, let's move on to one that I know you guys have all played. Uh, I bet you can name not only what game this is, but what weapons those were. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, start. Close enough. Uh, <laughs> that was Contra. The weapons were the single-shot rifle and the machine gun. Ah, mm. Sorry. That's, I'm just conditioned. It's my Pavlovian response to Contra. <laughs> I just spit out the Konami code. I'm 30 pers- man. I'm a spreading <laughs> man. <laughs> I, I, I was a spread gun man myself. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty much the best weapon it, it's, until this game rolled around. And though you can hear the spread gun there, I maintain that the best weapon combination in Contra 3 was the homing gun and the crush gun. Mm. I never. I was going to ask you if you knew what C stood for because we were on the topic of Contra, and I was like, what is the C gun? I'm pretty sure it's crush. Okay. Which is, is weird because it, it's yeah. just like a short-range rocket launcher that explodes and creates a big area of effect attack. Yeah. And it, well, it takes bosses out like very Oh, quickly. yeah. The best. But, uh, yeah, Contra, I, I shouldn't have to explain it. You run to the right and you shoot things. You <laughs> get you hit up. and you die. 
Well, in early games, you yeah. run to the right and shoot things, and then in later games, they, those were the multi multi stick where you could shoot in all directions, right? Like shattered, sharded, sharded, sharded soldier. soldier. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, and the follow up uh, was it Neo 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 Contra, Contra, which was crazy ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And I I loved that game. It was yeah, it was a uh, almost completely top down uh, game. So it was like it's a violation of the basic principles of Contra, but then. How can you hate a game that introduces characters like this? And you are Animal Contra, the captain <laughs> of this aircraft carrier. <laughs> uh, Animal Contra, by the way, is a bull terrier wearing a <laughs> German World War I helmet with a little spike, the pickle oh. halber. Spread gun! Spread gun! I, I was trying to make an animal joke. I oh, was like, I love oh, it. man. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, Neo Contra was just ridiculous. You fight, like, this weird uh, baby head thing that looks like what Tetsuo turns into in Akira. There's a stage where you're being transported by helicopter. You don't ride in the helicopter. You run very, very fast on top of its moving rotors. Uh, (laughs) And you have total freedom of movement while you're doing this. As long as you run really fast. Yeah, yeah the helicopter rotors will not I, chop you to bits. I It'll think they were, they were trying to one-up the missile ride from uh, Contra 3. By the way, that was your one anime reference you get per episode. <laughs> <laughs> you know, overlooking. What, Tetsuo? <laughs> no, uh, Akira, yeah, your Akira reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does Akira <laughs> count? I was like... I, I mean, it is anime, counts. but yeah, it's but not like anime. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like... What? It's not. It's not big eyes, small mouth anime. Yeah, these like. fucking weeds in here. All right. <laughs> I'm just saying. Big eyes, small mouth, pink Cadillac. <laughs> Sorry, uh, but yeah. Th- so this series was kind of nuts. Contra Four, I think, was a sublime experience. Way forward, took the DS and tried to recapture the magic of Contra mm-hmm. Three. Mm-hmm. To a large degree, succeeded. Made it four player. Uh, had a stage where you latched onto a full size missile as it flew into the atmosphere and then crashed back down and you survived the whole thing. It was <laughs> sounds great. Like, sounds like a Saints Row game. Kind of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, like the intro of Saints Row. Yeah, yeah. It it had a, a couple games, I think it's, its last couple games really went under most people's radars. There was Contra Rebirth on Wii. Yes. Which is like Did a we Wii Contra, only game. Contra 4? Uh, I mentioned Contra 4. Oh, I love Contra. Contra 4 yeah. is great. It, Contra 4 was so like up. the last one that really pinged people's radar. Yeah. It's but, really good. It speaks good. volumes that WayForward took that over instead yeah. of Konami. Because right? mm. it's like, yeah, they, well, they basically gave it to a different publisher. Yeah, I think it was also Konami saying like, we don't want to do a 2D game. You do yeah. a 2D game. You're good at those. Yeah, they're really good at those. Yeah, yeah. So Contra Rebirth, great game. Largely ignored. Yeah. Um, and, and completely original, not like Castlevania Rebirth is like a remake of the first Game Boy Castlevania. Or Contra Jackal Rebirth. Rebirth. When do I get to replay yeah. the Rebirth series? I don't have WiiWare anymore. <sighs> yeah. None of us do. Yeah. It, those games are lost in time. Yeah. They really are, I mean, man. Konami just has to remember that they own that <laughs> franchise. Someone, someone wake them up and be like, hey, yeah. do you guys remember you own this? We'll get a, a Rebirth collection someday, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then uh, Hardcore Uprising. Who did anyone play that? I did. It's amazing. It is, and it's. I think it was like Arc System Works that did it. Like this lavishly animated two D game that is like super difficult and sounds like this. Yeah, I think. Uh, <laughs> Have you ever fucked ten guys at once? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked it, but the constant grunting and screaming did get a little distracting. Yeah, a little bit. Did, did, they had the so little in the faith in the Contra name, they didn't bother to use it. Nope. But, like, I, they only told us that in, like, preview sessions. Like, we're Konami. This is a spiritual successor to Contra, but it's called Hardcore Uprising. I mean, it's got the same musical cues and everything. Yeah, the dun, 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 yeah but how is the general the public supposed to know this? Why do they do this? I don't know. Talk to talk to the hmm. Shinobi people as well. Konami <laughs> makes a ton of great decisions. <laughs> I don't know how they have this 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 one black eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Just this one. Mm-hmm. I don't. <laughs> Never mind the fact that like Konami owned uh, a franchise known for what? White guys shooting guns. They mm-hmm. sat out the last generation. <laughs> <laughs> you, you couldn't figure out something to do with Contra in an era of Call of Duty for real? <sighs> Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of sad. Well, yeah, the, the best they came up with was Hardcore Uprising. Yeah. That was it. And, and, and that's, it, it. To me, that game's like just a shmup. I don't know if it'll offend people to call it a shmup, but yeah, I mean, Contra games are sort of, they're just bullet hell games, and, and maybe that's why we don't see them anymore, is you don't see that many bullet hell games coming out. And, and when they do, you they're do, smaller. just not from AAA publishers. Yeah, they're, they're that, smaller that's the, games. That's right? the beauty of Contra, a bullet that travels like a quarter of a mile an hour. <laughs> there might be a lot of them. Uh, it reminds me, did you guys, you guys see the videos of like Hitman 2 last year, the briefcase? The oh homing, yeah, yeah, the, the homing, homing briefcase, briefcase <laughs> where he just throws the briefcase and you can outrun it, you can like race it, but it, it's like instant kill when it hits yeah, anybody. S- somebody goes around the corner and it follows <laughs> it them. Follows them around a stop sign. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, get us too off track there, but maybe Hitman is the spiritual successor but to yeah, Contra. Like you say, Contra. Like I said at the beginning, if I have to explain it to you, I, I wonder how well you know video games. And like, this is a series that has been around forever. And uh, that is instantly recognizable. I think pretty much everybody has played the NES one at some point. It, it did technically get a, a quote-unquote remaster in that it came out on the NES Classic. Um, yeah, but, I was I was shocked to see that Contra 3 was on uh, the Super Nintendo Classic. Well, I, I, Con- yeah. Contra 3 had gotten other releases. Did Contra 1 didn't was not on the NES. Classic, right? Wasn't it? Was it? I con- thought it was. I it thought was, it was Contra. Or was it Super, Super C? Contra. Oh, yeah, Super shit, C. you're yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Contra that 1 was, has not gotten That makes no release. sense. It was it a bit of a scandal at the time. Or, like, everyone or, was, yeah. it was really scratching their head at that decision. Yeah, and but like, yeah, that, that's another thing. Like, Contra is a series that has been all over the place. Like, who remembers Contra Force? Like, that weird spin off game about, like, action dudes fighting crime in a city. It's like, there's no aliens. Yeah. It's just. There's a guy named Beans who's good with explosives. <laughs> I mean, the the series has its roots in '80s American action movies. Yes. Oh, and absolutely. I feel like that's those movies aren't that relevant anymore. That genre isn't that relevant anymore, and I think that that's why you just aren't going to see another country game ever. Is my prediction? But, Maybe you got to take it. You got to like uh, take it back a notch and make it John Wick esque. That, that's how you make your new content. There you go. Or, or you go full on like Fast and Furious and have it star like ah. The Rock and Vin Diesel looking yeah. <laughs> Well, like, and, and thinking about this also made me kind of ponder the whole thrust of this list itself in that, like, is it weird that video games are the only medium that we expect? Like, once you have a successful franchise, it needs to go on forever. Yeah. I right. must get yeah. new games at least once every five years. Like, you never, you never hear, like, Oh man, Howdy Doody used to be such a household name. Why'd they stop making that? <laughs> well, the show? big difference is when are you going to make a Schindler's actors. List two Spielberg win? <laughs> we don't have actors that age. 
that's the big difference, that's true. right? Is you that's can continually make make video games, whereas like movie franchises, yeah, you don't. I mean, I, I know they still do throw out diehards, but eventually those those have to stop, or you have to change like the lead the lead actors. For and them, they as are, as, and they're and not. And I comic wish that books. series would stop. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, comic books. That's another yeah. another good example. It's true. Yeah, or just books in general, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, I throw out the Jack Ryan reference, like. Yeah, Clancy books. Clancy's been yep. dead for years, and yet it feels like those are still going out there. So, games too. Yeah, <laughs> true. Very true. Yeah, yeah. Oh man! So that has been our top five. Uh, I, I know that there were other examples you guys wanted to throw out besides a, Bushido Blade. There's a pretty notable exclude there. I think F Zero. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, and I, I suggested not not for many personal. Experience, but uh, Golden Axe, Golden like, Axe, yeah. Before, before Sonic and, and Altered Beast, that was the series Sega like wore on its sleeve. But like the last one was like one, like a notable development hell, huge right. failure. Right. But I mean that Probably original Genesis, Beast Rider, the arcade. I mean, I, I played the shit out of the oh, original. Oh yeah, no, the, the original one was amazing, and the Genesis and home port was great. But yeah, I don't know. And like, I think two was okay. Three was mm-hmm. supposed to be awful. Yeah. Uh, oh no, it like it's, a, it's 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 a Sega game. It's gonna get bad, but. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It was it's, every generation and every platform got a different version of Golden Axe. There's even a fighting game for arcades. Like it was a, it was mm-hmm. a, a a huge franchise for for no one I know. <laughs> oh, I loved Golden. Axe. Can, can I loved we, it too. Okay. My sister and I back? would play it at a, at uh, a Pizza Hut that had it. Nice. Mm-hmm. Can we just step back though? So, Micah, we we're talking F Zero. You were explaining to me the other day why F Zero was amazing because I never got it. Like it was just always, especially the latest one, GX. Which yeah. is way too hard. Like, I could barely get past the first few races. And then you explained it to me, and I feel like had I played it the way you played it, it would have clicked, right? So what yeah, was it? Yeah, and, like, and I mean, you don't... It's not a straightforward racing game, right? Like, A, you have to memorize to the T all of those courses. It's not about reaction uh, at all. It's about knowing exactly how to drive them. And then the only reaction is the other drivers. And so it's about learning how to fight the other cars in a very elegant way because if you're bad at it like because you're you're careening at hundreds of miles an hour mm-hmm. down the track and to fight the other cars there's not like an attack button there's the, the little like nudge to the side button and so you have to learn how to just cruise by someone and as you're passing them just nudge them off the track and they go mm. flying off into space mm. and that's the way that you can really progress on the harder difficulties but they are also trying to do the same thing to you so it does become like a kind of combat-esque game, especially when you get to the very top difficulties in it. Mm. Um, That game's amazing. It's about mastery. It is about mastery. Uh, I don't try to master most games, but that was one that I definitely did. That was also one, though, I I feel like that went under the radar real quick because the Super Nintendo one was was like a launch game. It was a system-selling thing, and then did it? Did there it come was X N64? on N sixty four? There's a Game Boy Advance uh, Maximum. There Velocity. was a, a oh, GBA yeah, yeah, yeah. one. That's the worst That's right. one. Yeah. That one. And then GX was GameCube. Was mm-hmm. That was GameCube, and yeah. there was the arcade AX. And uh, GX had the AX levels unlockable if you mm. beat it on very high. Well, I mean, the original was basically just meant to demo Mode Seven, right? Yeah, yeah. Was, but I exactly. still play it to this day on my yeah, SNES yeah. Classic. It, it, I, it, I just never heard anyone other than Brett speak so fondly of an FCS. Well, because it, it, it might have the... I think it might have the most listenable music of any Nintendo first-party game. 
That's, that's a, a steep uh, a bold <laughs> <statement>. <laughs> claim there. It's a bold statement. It does have amazing if music. If you're riding around in your stupid Miata listening to music from Super Mario World, you look like a serial killer. Grow up. <laughs> listen to f <F-Zero> music. <laughs> you're right. I will look like a serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna hey, be baby, where you want to go? I can go anywhere in my Maserati. Ding, 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 like, or you could be riding your Dragoon, because mm-hmm. Panzer Dragoon is a series Michael and I talked about ah, that really yes. needs to make a comeback. Or at least just remake Saga so that it'll go off of eBay and not be like $1,000 for that fucking game. Mm-hmm. Like, just, just release it somehow so we can play that. Honestly, this whole list is depressing me because really Sega is the one that we're <laughs> Sega, missing these franchises from. Yeah. Well, and, and that's another reason Panzer Dragoon didn't make it on this list. Like, it was never really that big. I mean, like Orta, I felt like, was a pretty big Orta, Xbox. Orta, like, if, yeah. if, you made the, if you made the decision to buy a Saturn over a PlayStation, it was the only thing you had to crow about or show people that impressed That's them. true, yes. And I did, so. And, and Zvi was really good. Saga was amazing. Apparently lost forever. And, uh, yeah, then Orta came out, and I, I don't know. It felt like nobody really hmm. paid attention. Well, it was, on a, it was locked game. to Xbox, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Microsoft yeah. was really, like, pushing that, but... Not, I mean, not that many people bought Xboxes compared with PS2. Well, and it, it so. was that early time where it's like, oh, Sega's treating Xbox like the successor to the Dreamcast, where you had uh, House of the Dead 3, Panzer Orta, Shenmue 2, right. yeah, Jet Set Radio Future, mm-hmm. Sega GT. Uh, and right. let's not forget Crazy Taxi 3, where ah, you can go yes. bowling roller. your car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a bunch of other missing Sega franchises, though. Uh, mm-hmm. Fantasy Star Online, mm-hmm. or just Fantasy Shit. Star in general. Fantasy yeah. Star Online, I, I thought about that one, too, but I think that's still going in Japan. I mean, it is, but we never got that's that true. game. That's so true. I'm, I mean, there was, there was an entry we left off that I feel like people will they will comment if we leave it off, but I think we left it off because it's kind of hack, is Half-Life. Ah, yes. Yeah, like, we're like, not going to talk. I mean, I mean it's, it's like... <laughs> Two it's like, games yes. is not a series. Uh, true, but I mean, Half-Life, well, I, what, what I was... Episodes you know, 1, 2, and 3 kind of make it into six games, right? So. People only said that after 10 years of not having any more Half-Life. Yeah. yeah but it I mean, ended on a cliffhanger! <laughs> that's the one that, like, whenever anyone does, like, a list of, like, hey, these are games we wish they would bring back, or, you know, it's Half-Life 3, it always comes up. But Michael and I were talking, I was like, I mean, my theory is, like, there's the expectations are too high. Like, like Half-Life 1 introduced storytelling shooters, right? Two introduced like physics and that amazing the source engine and all that mm-hmm. stuff. What are you gonna do with three? Like what yeah. what can three bring? Well the thing is like I could be wrong about this, but didn't they promise three episodes that would like yeah, they did. come every so often and like one and two took forever yeah. and then episode three just never materialized. Well, wasn't there an episode zero as well? There was like ep zero, ep one, ep two or something like that. Get this, to launch Half Life Three in twenty nineteen, here's what here's the pitch. You ready? Okay, yeah. Free season pass. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say Battle Royale, but yeah, uh, Battle Royale. <laughs> Battle Royale with gravity guns. Also, we're putting in the portal gun. Also and featuring, he... uh, what's his name from The Witcher? Gerald. Yeah. Oh, you mentioned, you mentioned Portal. What? Yeah. Portal. Yeah. It's been a while since Portal 2. Just yeah. saying. And do another orange box. Fuck it. Do, do the dark orange box, all right? Bring me Portal 3. Just the threes. <laughs> everyone, you know, everyone knows that old joke. Like, Valve can't count to three. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, Portal... Portal was a and and Left for Dead as well, but Portal was like a nice self-contained series. I I I would like to see another game, which technically there was with the Lego thing, but uh, I would you know I, I'd be happy if they just left it. Like there was this. like the Portal Bridge Maker or whatever game too. Ah yes, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I I would not like to see another Portal game. I love Portal One, and yep. I don't actually even care for Portal Two. Really? I'm, I'm totally I've good never replayed just Portal Two. Replaying ever. Portal One and being like, this is a great game. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of these days, I'm going to play the co-op to Portal Two, which I'm told is basically like Portal Three. I'm there. I'm there with you, brother. I didn't. Do, I didn't do it either. Hmm. There's okay. no one Neither did I. It. So maybe we all need to do that at yeah. some point. Yeah. All right. Well. That's been our top five. We're going to take a little break now, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some new releases, some news, some other stuff, so stay tuned. And you know the sun's setting fast, and just like they say, nothing good ever lasts. We'll go on now and kiss it goodbye, but hold on to your lover because your heart's bound to die. Go on now and say goodbye to our town. To our town Can't you see The sun setting down On our town On our town Good night Let's get scratching Would you like exclusive bonus podcast Commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support This show on patreon.com Slash laser time It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. I wanted to do worst of movies and TV. Mm. And when I did, I'm like, what's the worst of TV? And it's just like, we have changed as a culture. Yeah. If there is bad television, I don't know what that is or what that looks like. I like managed I'm, to avoid most of it. Yeah, year. exactly. And, and like, I don't even have like a spouse to blame on like, I don't like this show she makes me watch. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I don't, I haven't seen a bad show in fucking 2018 at all. Yeah. Like, cause why would I watch that? And then I, I look at this article, I think it was on Business Insider. It's like the worst TV show, according to critics and fans on each network. And it's like, I have never heard of a single one of you. Oh yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about because I came up short trying to come up with bad TV for this episode. Now. There's too much good TV and to bother with bad TV. Right. I know. I looked into like the worst TV shows of 2018. I'm like, I haven't seen any of this shit. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. and why? Why the fuck would you? I'm behind on shows I love, but movies was a little easier to run down. Mm-hmm. Almost everybody universally said the movie. Gotti, <laughs> the movie oh, Gotti. Oh wait, who who directed that? E baby, E yes, from Entourage. That's why I know what that is. And <laughs> oh I'm like, seriously? Oh, yes. yes. Oh wow. I Kevin Connelly. Like that. A that figures. B I'm not seeing that. Shit. Here's another. Here's <laughs> Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And welcome back to our scintillating vinyl segment, where we will waste no time whatsoever in diving straight into that heaving morass of content known as... So what's coming out this week? Are we getting a new uh, a new old Mario? A lot of things coming out on Friday. So uh, yeah, on one eleven we got Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story plus Bowser Junior's Journey. One eleven, never forget. Coming to three DS. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, one eleven sucks balls. <laughs> the government should investigate one eleven. One eleven was an inside job. Um, this game's really good. Yeah, I, I played the original game. I, I don't. I'm anxious to see how much content the Bowser Junior stuff actually is. Uh, but Bowser's Inside mm-hmm. Story is fucking awesome. 
really if you've never played this, I'd say go for it. I'm not convinced I need to replay it just yet. It flopped um, pretty badly in Japan. Uh, it came out already there. Mm. So, uh, I doubt it will catch too many people's eyes who yeah. didn't already play it. Like, Yeah, I mean, 3DS, it's, it's just nice this, Nice to know they're still releasing things for the 3DS. I guess. I have a preferred Nintendo portable platform. Uh, so then the other kind of uh, game that we've already seen a few times. Uh, yeah, so New Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe is coming to the Switch, which I think is a super confusing title because it's... It is. You throw the Wii it U name in there. It also contains New Super <laughs> Luigi U in it. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Which is the only reason Luigi. I'm buying it, because I, I never played Super Luigi U, because I just didn't want to open the packaging. It's very good. Hmm. Because I, well, that, So you, you need to tell, help me out here, Micah. I am very confused. I know Jeremy... I think Jeremy Parrish put like New Super Mario Brothers U, like number two in top Mario games. Jesus. And I have very rarely hated a Mario game. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, I, I hate Mario U. I mean, I so if I can just interject before you yeah. start talking about it with an actual authority. <laughs> uh, I, I played it. My big problem with it was that like it's it felt really laggy, and I couldn't figure out why. And then I realized like, oh, it's running just fine if I play it on the gamepad. But for some reason, when it goes to my TV, there's like a split second lag that makes it just feel so awful. The gamepad just had less lag than televisions do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they had a special like Wi-Fi uh, protocol to communicate between the gamepad and the Wii U. Mm. It was very very fast, but you couldn't take it far away. Yeah, Jeremy Parrish, I think he's being contrarian with that uh, position. I, I've always felt that way about it because it it honestly doesn't make sense to me. New Super Luigi U, I like a lot more than the plain old New Super Mario Bros. U, but both of them lack any kind of real style to the game itself they you know they they just reuse the new super mario brothers music that you've had in every new super mario brothers yeah. game and it has the exact same art style as the other games it has i guess one new power up or something but it, it's very lacking in anything that feels unique to those games themselves yeah, yeah i think my last new super mario title was on on 3ds you know with the one where you could be oh, that's the mario. one i love new yeah. super mario Brothers 2 that's the best it ever got i think mm. uh but, but like that's the weird thing i i made this prediction a few years ago buying one of these at full price is going to feel very weird after mario maker mm. yeah i mean them selling it uh is weird after mario maker i would have thought that rather than doing that they would have just released a, a new mario maker for switch i think mm. you already showed us how easy this is for you to do and how none of this is very exceptional but they added toadette which kind of uh corrects the why why are we playing as two toads instead of toad and the princess the holy uh, quadrinity, whatever you'd call that. <laughs> yeah, and then Toadette turns into Peachette, so yes. they do get sort of sort of get Peach which in there. kickstarted one of the weirdest fetishes of twenty. You guys are looking ahead in the news. Just oh, saying. We are. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. These these games always just felt super samey to me. It did it, like it's like oh yeah, the Koopas dance neat. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Like, well, it's... they dance the same way in every new Super Mario Bros. <laughs> yes. game at the exact I mean, same why, time. Why, the, yeah. the reason they kept releasing it is because people kept buying them. Like, they were very successful so, games. So we, I mean, the first one and the Wii one were both very successful. Two did okay, yeah. and, and New Super Mario Bros. U 
did five million or something, well, as five much or six million. As, I mean, but for, but for the Wii U, the, the that's, Wii U, that's huge so. numbers. It's like, right? it's like the first Mario launch game since like the yes. six, Nintendo sixty four. Yes, and it it felt very launch gamey to me, mm. uh, just very lacking in in much depth. Yeah. Really, like I mean, I want them to bring everything that was kind of big and successful on Wii U to Switch because like not that many people bought Wii U. Like I did not own a Wii U. Yeah. Like I just I skipped it. It was the first Nintendo platform I've skipped. Since the NES, you know, yeah. like it's... so so I'm one of the people out there who just loved my Wii U. I, I really like playing on it. I loved playing on the gamepad, which is why the Switch is such an appealing uh, platform for me. And but more than that, like the the Wii U just had a great lineup of Nintendo first party games. Yeah. Um, and while they were coming out on the Wii U, it just always felt like such a shame. It's like, well, this game is never going to get played by a fraction of the people who really should play it. When Mario Kart 8 came out, it was like, oh, man, this is an amazing Mario Kart game. The best in the franchise, in my yeah. opinion. And it's not going to reach the lofty heights of Mario Kart Wii, which was kind of a shoddy Mario Kart uh, that sold like 25 plus million copies because it was on the Wii. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, and and, and uh, eight deluxe is like one of the top sellers on Switch. Yeah, and right it's now. far outsold the Wii so, U version. So you can't blame Nintendo. Like this strategy so far has worked of like, hey, not that many people played the Wii U version, so let's bring it to Switch. I don't know. I'm just saying there's only a few more of these Nintendo has up its sleeve. Uh, there's Mario World 3D, yeah, Mario 3D World, 3D World. Thank mm-hmm. you. And then there's uh, Mario Maker. I mean, they're they're almost out of first party uh, Wii U games in general. Right. Uh, yeah, there's Mario Maker. We still don't have Pikmin on Switch. We don't have Pikmin three. There's rumors they might be mm-hmm. this year. Uh, that that seems kind of likely. I would yeah. I would see that one coming. Yeah. Um, I don't there's know. like Shin Megami Tensei X Fire or the Tokyo Mirage. Oh, Tokyo Mirage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Another and, one that was trapped on Wii U that I yeah. was really looking. Forward uh, and to. that was a a good game and and yeah. would be very successful now now that Persona is so much more successful. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, there was Xenoblade Chronicles X. Uh, which was an amazing Xenoblade game, and really that should get a, a Switch re-release for right. sure. Oh yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Because we got X two already on Switch. Yeah. Right? yeah, and then there was Wonderful One Hundred and One, Kamiya's mm-hmm. best game ever made, and oh, that shit. should be there right now. I should be playing it. Yeah, yeah. you play that on on uh, Switch. Well, you would play it the way that you played it on. Wii U, if you weren't using the gamepad or if you, you didn't use the oh, touchscreen yeah. functionality, you made the the motions with the right stick. Mm-hmm. So you do, like, you draw a line with the right stick or you draw a circle with it. And actually, that's how I ended up playing that game most of the time for most encounters, unless mm-hmm. you needed to pull off a bunch of shapes in a row. That's my question about Mario Maker, is the um, the touchscreen on the Switch isn't as sensitive as the Wii U touchscreen, right? The Wii yeah, U it's a different style. Like it's, it's capacitive and, instead yeah, of resistive. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And so that, that one would be harder to pull off. I mean, I think you could still do it. Like you could the, do it. They're Nintendo. They, they innovate. I still remember when the Wii U launched, and I had kind of misgivings even then, like because there was that that initial wave sold out pretty quickly. I thought, but then I remember like the next week going into a Target for whatever reason I hadn't pre-ordered it, and just because I like heard like, oh, they have the Target, so I went on my lunch break. I went in. There were I, I I marched like I have to get one before they they sell out. There were shit tons of them <laughs> just sitting on the shelves, yep. and I bought one. I'm like, I'm kind of wondering, but what am I going to even play on this? And then like, yeah, it's like, well, yeah, it was pretty easy to find after the initial ship. They never sold through their initial launch shipment of Wii U's ever in the lifespan oh, wow. of that, that console. I, I just um, remember the reason I didn't buy it. I I tried it out at an E3. I held that pad in my hand and I went. This does not feel good to play games on. And, and that's how most people felt. It was the, you know, the kind of 
as people said, the Fisher Price feeling, uh, yeah. cheapness of that, that frog, game. Baby. So when the Wii U came out, I was contrasting my experience with the Wii launch, where I waited 12 hours in line overnight in the middle of November, where it was just like freezing cold weather, mm-hmm. standing outside of a Target with hundreds of people waiting for, for Wiis. And then when Wii U came out, I got to Target an hour before the Target opened. There were three <laughs> people waiting, and we all walked in and grabbed one from the pile, and that was it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you could tell just on day one, like, oh, no, this is not the same thing as the Wii launch. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Some PlayStation fans drive by and, nerd, throw milkshakes at you guys. <laughs> and keep driving. I mean, the the Wii launch was super fun. It was a big communal experience. I've never mm. waited that long in line for yeah. to buy a product, and I never will do so again. Mm. But mm. I still have bad memories of that day. <laughs> and then I, I went... To a, a Comp USA that was near my house, and I showed up and was like, "Wow, nobody's here. This is awesome. I'm first in lines. So I'm like standing around outside, and like, okay, they're due to open any minute. Why is no one else here?" And then like an employee oh, comes no. to the door and is like, "Can I help you? I'm like, <laughs> are you guys selling the Wii today? Oh, let me check." Comes back like ten minutes later. No, so we're not getting it in. Sorry. And so like, there's a Toys R Us just down the street. So I I immediately race over there and go and stand in line, and they run out of them like maybe 10 people yeah. in front of me. That's yeah, yeah. I got I, the last Twilight Princess in, in my nice, line, nice. and I was like, yes. I thought your story was going to end. The guy comes out and says, this is CompUSA. We're closed down. We're no longer a going business. <laughs> they were still around in 2006. <laughs> okay. Barely. Like, yeah, barely yeah, yeah. hanging on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> them and Babbage's. <laughs> and Circuit City. Remember them? Well, you, ne- you can find them now because every building still has that ugly red yep, plug. Yeah, yep. I know. It's that's like, awesome. And I wonder, like, what do kids think that the, those buildings are there for? Like, why is that building shaped that way? It's the same thing like when there used to be a KFC in a building. Yeah. It's like, yeah, other restaurants don't have that steeple thing <laughs> that they have across the top. I bet they think they're like 80s hospitals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now it's uh, Ropa y Joyeria, uh, whatever that is. <laughs> uh, the only other uh, new release is a game series I don't think any of us play, but there's a new, the, the Tales of Vesperia Definitive Edition is coming to PC, Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. I was thinking about getting this game. I haven't played a Tales of game since uh, Symphonia, but I was like, again, Switch makes games a lot more fun for me, yeah. like because yeah. I can just play in more ways. I think I'll pick this game up. Really? Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, I played well, this when it was new. I don't remember much about it. I'm much more likely to get this than new Super Mario Bros. U. Okay. For sure. And then I, I wanted to have a kind of a special extended segment. I wanted a Smash update from our Smash Bert Micah. Now that Smash has been out a month and, and we yeah. kind of, I think it was just out when you came on. It, it uh, had still like, smashing, never stopped smashing. How's yeah, the meta? Yeah. How, so, so am I using definitely, that right? Yeah, you're, you're using that right. <laughs> Almost done with World of Light. Congrats. I hear that's quite long. I hear that's like a super long It is far too long. It really should be half as long as it is. Um, It feels unnecessarily huge. Uh, Part of it is the design of World of Light is uh, you you have these branching paths right at the start of what character you can choose. And so it's very open-ended. And in order to make the open-endedness work, they just filled it with too much content mm. too much stuff that you can do and it's all kind of too easy at it somehow point. i think most smash fans don't know what too much content means. right and i mean 
but, Smash fans or Smans as they're known. I, I would say <laughs> a lot of a lot of Smash fans are probably not digging that deep into World of Light because of how sprawling it is yeah, and how yeah. disconnected from hmm. the normal Smash Brothers gameplay. It yeah, is. yeah. I mean, I mean it, uh, it is a lot easier to unlock characters in normal Smash, but yeah. Uh, the only the only drawback is then you can't use them in World of Light. Yeah, but if I mean, you're not I, playing World of Light, then who cares? I I preferred unlocking them in World of Light. That's how I did it. But no one else I've talked to has done it that way. I'm doing it that way, Mike. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. I, I thought World of Light was fun, but that's not where the core of the the game really lies. It's in it's in playing with your friends. And how's the online? Have um, they have they fixed a lot of the issues they had at launch there? No, with, no? <laughs> no. I mean it's it's peer to peer, so I don't see it ever getting. How, how can it be fixed? You know, m- maybe there's some netcode improvements that they could do, but I don't think it's a problem of netcode right now. I think it's a problem of some people's internet connections are bad, and when you're connecting to them, you just get a bunch of lag. So, yeah, that aspect of it, not so great. I just couldn't care less because that's not how I engage with Smash Brothers. Right. I don't want to play with random people. It's not fun for me anyway. I have friends over constantly and i play we play in the office like almost every day there, we there's play. a regular crew um, i imagine and we play five or six yeah. players usually and, it, and it's great fun and yeah. everyone in the office is pretty good like i'd say i'm one of the worst like kyle's the worst but i'm one of the worst <laughs> um and and so like the game the game is just thrilling right now everyone's learning the characters a lot of the analysis of the rosters that it's one of the most balanced fighting game rosters of nice. all time because it has such a broad selection of characters mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. always a counter pick for everyone and uh the tournament scene has been super vibrant already really? which is amazing to see melee players have really been embracing smash ultimate in a way that they didn't brawl or smash for wii u 3ds so that's really, really cool to see. I, I you know, like watching people like Leffen, who's the, one of the biggest melee players who won Evo 2018 playing melee, play a bunch of Smash Ultimate, play it on stream, go to Smash Ultimate tournaments. Like that's actually really impressive and shows that this game could have a long lasting position as like the Smash Brothers game that people play going forward. That's awesome. I think that's pretty much all of them, though, are the Smash Brothers games that people play going forward. Well, you would think that, but people don't play Brawl anymore, you Mm, know? That's true. And, and, you know, at this point, I think Smash for Wii U and 3DS is just completely going to be dropped. Uh, There's not going to be a tournament scene for those Mm -hmm. games. Melee will continue for now. But I'd actually love it if more and more of these melee devotees start moving over to Smash Ultimate because that's a game that Nintendo can patch. They can release updates to it. Like, I I don't like seeing such an old game have such a vibrant tournament scene because it can't, there's no little adjustments that can be made uh, to that game anymore. Yeah. I remember when patching used to be something people uh, rolled their eyes about because like, oh, so you release an imperfect game and the idea of Nintendo doing that would have been unimaginable. But now it's, it's like in the age of live games, it's a huge positive. It's like, yeah, yeah, you can, you can continually rebalance and and fix the game and make it into a much more pleasing experience. Even for the fighting game community, like patches were a no-no yeah. up until yeah. like a, a couple years ago. Well, first parties had policies in place that made patching like really difficult to do for game publishers. Oh, like, yeah. It was a thing you tried to avoid up until I think last, you know, by the end of the 360 generation. Well, it was before the end of the 360 generation. But yeah, they, they kind of relaxed all of those yeah, uh, I think it was still hard on the Wii U to patch yeah, games. Yeah, I yeah. think Nintendo had... Wasn't it, like, stuff. infamous in part because of Fez? Like, uh, 
Fish was like, yeah, it, it takes like $20,000 to patch a game on Xbox, and that's just one console. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Wait, little little update from me. How about this? Mm-hmm. Uh, I have hit all my fitness goals this week because of uh, Beat Saber. Oh, congrats. Oh, I thought you were going to say fitness boxing, the one from last week. I thought you were going to say oh. you've been a very good boy and you deserve a treat. I thought you were going to say you were just sick and so you were throwing <laughs> yeah, up a bunch. Yeah, that's a good way to lose about 20 pounds. Just, you have a buddy who, who I think I like started a fitness VR thing and like... I, I didn't realize this would be the thing that like get, got me to play the most VR stuff, but like Beat Saber doesn't fuck around when you get past like stage ten on the campaign. Like yeah. it's a, it's a better exercise in twenty or thirty minutes than I think going for a run or mm. swim. It. I've seen Dan Amrick play it, and and congrats to Dan by the way. He's yeah. had some tremendous like fitness strides in the past year, but uh, yeah, playing it at, at, at like higher levels. And Dan's a musician, and it's like man, that looks really hard to keep up with that game. It That's is. fucked up. Today I played and like I didn't progress at all, but I just tried my best and then burned a shitload of calories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so weird. Just saying. I just wanted to point that out to people. Like, uh, if gamifying fitness is kind of the only way you'll get me to exercise. Do Do you find it uh, at all aggravating when you're sweating with the the, ma- yes. the headset on? Because I yes. cannot play Beat Saber because I start sweating and mm. the 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 headset starts to cloud up <laughs> yeah. with fog yeah. and I'm just like, oh, I gotta. Stop. Part of the goal is that I uh, no longer sweat during small menial yeah. tags. Oh, nice. I think you can at least with the Vive. I know you can like the the padding will Velcro off, so you can like buy new pads that are like specifically meant to absorb sweat. Ooh, nice. Uh, and I I just want to say my favorite Beat Saber video I saw on Twitter. I can't remember who posted it. It shows a mom playing it on a Vive. And if you've ever played with a Vive, like those controllers are hard yeah. like if you get hit with yeah. one of those like it can it can wreck a tv it can hit you in the head and uh so she's playing it just like wildly like flailing her arms up and down little kid walks into the frame no. narrowly misses him on both sides of his head as he just obliviously walks past I mean, that's part of it you, uh, you, you feel the burn when you like yeah pretend this is a real sword and these blocks are actual enemies mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty. F- I, I just think that's nuts. Ever since I've been tracking my steps in fitness, this is one of the most efficient ways, if if not the most fun way, to burn calories at the end of a day. Nice. Let's take that to fitness time, the <laughs> extension of the official Laser Time <laughs> Facebook community. Not about that. Sorry, Phil. Fitness game apocalypse. Yeah, <laughs> Phil and Cody uh, over there. Cody Laveau, uh, oh. former former guest, are the admins over at Fitness Time. There you go. There's your plug, gentlemen. Nice. Nice. All right. In that case, let's move on to Skewmorphism lives, baby. Blizzard mm-hmm. has confirmed that there is another character in Overwatch who identifies as gay. Soldier seventy six, or at least bisexual or queer. No, they came out. They oh, came out on Twitter. Uh, said gay, and okay. and said specifically he identifies as gay. This validates so many fan depictions of that character. <laughs> Soldier seventy six. <laughs> yes, the ones I all I can think of is all the dad jokes about Soldier mm-hmm. seventy six. You know, it's and it's they, they leaned into that with their summer event where he's like wearing the grilling apron and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Like, there is a short story called um, Bast. It's either Bastet or Bastet. It's B A S T E T. Mm-hmm. Soldier seventy six. Thank you. Uh, he's there with uh, with Anna, and she uh, saves him. Uh, he's like injured in a battle, 
and she catches him kind of going through old photos, and she sees one of him with a dark-haired man named Vincent. Uh, and basically in the di- dialogue, she's like, hey, you still carrying the candle for that guy? And he's like, ah, oh, it's nothing like that. Uh, he's happily married now, you know, so yeah. it basically lets I'm him. happy for him. It didn't yeah, work yeah, out for right, us. Right, right. It didn't work out for us, but I'm happy for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, um, so a lot of people were thinking, oh, well, yeah, he might be bisexual. And then lead writer Michael Chu confirmed on Twitter that Soldier 76 identifies as gay. Cool. Yeah, and this follows up what uh, a little over, uh, might have been two years ago, but, but the Tracer. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. the two... You could almost call these like the two kind of cover characters for that game. At least, I mean, Tracer straight up is on the cover. I'd say Mercy's probably the become the de facto cover character, and she that was the fan favorite as the one to be the gay character. But she's married. Pharm- Pharmacy was the the ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Farrah and Mercy. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Ah, nice. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, I think I, I did see somebody talking about Soldier seventy six raising an interesting point. Like, while this is making a lot of people angry at the same time like think about it if you were just reading it and it had been a woman he was talking about you just kind of shrug it off and say like oh yeah war makes you sacrifice things you love and like ideally that's all you should think when you hear that not like he's gay oh my god it's right. being shoved right. down my throat right. why it's... are they forcing diversity yeah and it's well, like uh... If, so if there like, was look, diversity, look, then we wouldn't have like, forced diversity. Force me to think about this thing that I am. <laughs> but there's two sides of the controversy. So there's the people that are all up in arms and pissed off. Yeah. It's like you, you put a gay character in my Overwatch, mm-hmm. my in my cartoon shooter with a talking gorilla. <laughs> but then there's the other side of it. Um, a lot of people in the LGBTQ plus community, let's say, um, are saying. Yes, but Blizzard, you're not like putting it in the game. Like whenever they do this, it's always out of game. To be fair, there's no story in the game. There's no story in the game. Right, right. And so, and so, like that's they're like, yeah, it's cool, it's nice that you're doing this, and now. But like, what do you want him to say? Like, like a victory achieved. By the way, I'm gay. Yes, yes, I do want that. We were just talking about how you can patch any game. That's now. true. That's true. There's, I, I guess there's no reason not to add that. I, I only think that like um, I saw it in like neat, but like yeah. uh, remember when Call of Duty killed its main character again? It Which didn't time? have the same impact. <laughs> it, it, it just yeah. that like uh, like have, like I not not I'm not speaking for the gay community or anything, but like. You did already do this. Yeah. Did you, you want to do something a little more special or like, uh, no, all right, okay. And it was like the exact same way they revealed Tracer was gay. It's just mm. like. Yeah, in, a, in, a, like, in an ancillary media. Well, Tracer yeah. was in a comic, yeah, and yeah. this one's in a short story. But I think, isn't I think that, it's a comic also. I've seen a panel. Oh, there's there's, a, there's pictures from it. Um, but isn't that sort of the point? Like, the more they do this, the more and more it's supposed to become, yeah, it's not a big deal. Like yeah. it, that that's yeah. how we no, get there. That's how you're married to it. Winston yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I want pregnant Winston all day. <laughs> I, I want gay pride Winston skin now. No, no, and I hate I, I that's just me trying to find a take on it. Like hmm. representation rules. Uh yeah. everyone else is an idiot, so shut yep. the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope all your favorite characters are gay as shit. You <laughs> <laughs> have a problem with this. John Wayne, Clint Eastwood. I hope they're all gay as fuck. John Wayne's real name was Marion. It was. Oh! It was yeah. Marion to men. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> Something fantastic is coming to Marvel Spider-Man. 
What? Uh, Marvel's Ryan Pinagos or Pinagos put out a tweet uh, informing fans that something his literal tease was something fantastic is headed to Spider-Man. Uh, and he, he put the hashtag Fantastic Four Week, and so that kind of spoils it. I mean, hmm. hello. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, that's not possible. It's just going to be like the Baxter Building or something. I mean, isn't the Baxter but Building in there? The Baxter it's... Building at this point that you can't have an Avengers Tower and no Baxter Building. I, I hope it's not something lame like just a costume or something like that. Like I hope maybe it's an announcement about some more DLC. It'll be, be the fucking White Fantastic Four Spider Man. God yeah. damn it! That's exactly uh, what. Yeah, it, yeah, that makes yeah sense. it probably. I was kind of hoping like you get to play as Mister Fantastic, There's and he can no way. he controls exactly like Spider Man, yeah. except for <laughs> throwing out his arms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's almost doable. Like instead it's, of webs, it's, it's just his wrists fly off screen. And can he be voiced by Stephen Colbert, please? <laughs> that's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> Dangly parts. So yeah, I think that's exciting. We'll see. Uh, they haven't done the the official announcement yet, so maybe by the time you're listening to this, you will know way more than us. Wouldn't be the first time that has happened, nor the last. Uh, in other news, the Division Two, yeah, is exclusive to you play and the Epic Game Store on PC for now. Yeah, cool. this was announced cool earlier this week. Yeah. Is announced uh, this week. It's like basically yet another shot fired in the great yeah. PC. Store distribution mm-hmm. war of 2018 slash 19. Now that's that's all I can think about when you were talking about Valve making games again. That like, <laughs> yeah, you might have to start doing that again, buddies. Like, uh, right? If if Epic Store takes off, well, yeah. I mean, it, we've talked about it before. Like, they're offering just better rev share terms yeah. to publishers. Uh, and also, right now, while there's not that many games on that store, you oh, yeah. get a lot of promotional space. Yeah. You're, you're front and center in front of the, what, 200 million Fortnite players yeah. out there? Remember that first year of having a Switch? It was amazing. Yeah. You just kind of bought everything that came out for it before it was all like uh, garbage. We call that a blue ocean strategy in marketing, where it's uh, literally like, yeah, there's just not a lot of the things around you. Um, but this one is, I mean, there's no details like it could be timed. I think the interesting thing, though, is up until earlier this week, there was a Steam store page for The Division 2. That is now no longer there. That's just yeah. that's just gone. So. Someone struck a deal there. That was a smart one, though. Yes, uh, and I, I love seeing that it's a news item. What storefront a game is going to be released on on PC? I know, I know, right? It's it's it it does feel very industry, but I mean, this is all like kind of your your mainstream gaming publications are picking this up. Yeah. Uh, it's a big deal. So. I don't know. I think it's awesome. Dude, I don't care where I played The Division 2. I'm just looking forward to playing The Division 2, which was on one of my personal, most anticipated lists of 2019. Although I, I will probably play it on console. I'm, I'm more of a console I'm person. Or Division 2 Forsaken before I jump in. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Nintendo fans. They have officially shot down all of your bullshit Bowsette fanfic. Uh, sort of. No, they, that they, that blurb said "Sorry, Luigi." Not no, but then it said, "I know." It said the only character that can equip this. Is, well, it is said Toadette. it said "Sorry, Luigi." Only Peach or only Toadette can use this. Yes, but it specifically addressed Luigi. Maybe, hmm. maybe if Bowser was the one asking, that explains <laughs> the the people I've seen talking about how like, oh man, Nintendo's like low key hinting that Luigi's trans. Uh, and this is that's, not the first time I took it actually. as they're referring to all the people who wanted this shit as fucking Luigi's, and you should be insulted. Yeah, well, 
I'm wondering if it's actually a reference to older. There were like comics in the 90s and stuff that had Luigi mm. in oh, Princess Peach be. dress yeah, yeah. like quite yeah. often because mm-hmm. he was like the comic relief brother. So right, like yeah. when the Nintendo Power comic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The one by who was it? Um, Nozawa or something? I forget. Akira Miyamoto. Yeah, I believe yeah, yeah. it was Akira Miyamoto. <laughs> <laughs> Two names I heard in this show. I just big Lebowski that name together. I, I'm just I'm just trying not to crush the dreams of Bowser fans. Say, actually, you know. um, I I found that to be a very odd little phenomenon. Yeah, uh, that was such a weird moment. Like it wrapped up to the point where like. There's an actual porn that somebody made of this, and it's depressing as hell to look at. It was very 4chan-fueled yeah. type of thing, like, uh, fed into a lot of the behavior that goes well, on I, over I there. I still remember, like, um, following that cartoonist on Twitter, the one who, like, just came up with it as a gag it, yeah. for a strip, yeah. Yeah. and he was like, I cannot believe that this has just completely <laughs> ballooned to the it's point like that it has. a dumb throwaway joke. Because right? it's like, yeah. oh my god, Princess Peach in a black dress with horns looks <laughs> super fucking hot. <laughs> I don't care if it's Bowser. <laughs> That's what happens, uh, Nintendo fans. When Nintendo doesn't acknowledge your headcanon, you go out there and you draw it as yeah. graphic and profane <laughs> yeah. and as much yes. as possible. I think that's referred to as as Rule 64. Anytime there's a Nintendo oh, character, oh, you must lovely. create Nintendo porn. Uh, clever. Uh, anyway, last bit of news. This isn't newsworthy so much as I just think it's a cool thing that Ubisoft is doing. And Michael is just smiling over here coyly. Um, Assassin's Creed has a patch where they are patching it with options for level scaling with the enemies. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, the game, I think out of the box, they it's really cool. They, they kind of like lifted the kimono and showed us like how the level scaling in the game works where basically it's like no matter what level you get, you can overlevel for a zone, and then the enemies will cap out two levels below you, so that it will always sort of feel, you know, not not too easy in any given moment. Right. Here's the technical description, which I think is super cool. Like, if you're like me and a fan of games, you love knowing how they're made. Every region on Odyssey's map has two numbers associated with it. Those numbers indicate how leveled up you need to be to explore the region. Uh, and if you're in a region to start leveling up, the quests will kind of level with you. Um, so if you enter a level six zone and a level six character and then improve to seven, any level six char- quests you grab in that region become level seven quests complete with tougher enemies. If you hit the max level for the region playing a normal, the quest will keep leveling, but will lag kind of behind you. So with this new January update, they're giving you like three or four different ways to to level scale. You can leave things as they are. You can lock enemies just straight up at your level, mm-hmm. like just, you know, they'll always, always be the same level as you. Um, you can allow them to drop two levels under you, or you can go super easy and let them go four levels under you, which mm. I think it's just like, again, we were just talking like we're in an era where like we didn't used to have patching on consoles where it's like now they're like letting you customize the difficulty of the game like in a really complex way. Like this is what PC gamers used to like crow about like, yes, PC Master Race, you can do crazy shit like this through mods and all this stuff. And it's like. No, no, this is like a console game. Like this, <laughs> you can you can do all this shit. I just think it's super cool. Like I think it's a cool thing. Not a huge news item, but thank you Ubisoft for continuing to support an epic two hundred plus hour fucking game. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I mean I haven't beaten that game, so I'm glad I'll get to adjust the difficulty the way I like it, yeah. which is nice. Tailor it to you. Yes, and that is all the news that is fit to play. Ah. Well, let's move on to the community segment then, which as always is what? It's segmenting the community. I can't believe I turned that into a catchphrase. How depressing. Uh, Last week's question of the week, as you might remember, was what is your 
most anticipated game of 2019. Uh, Micah, you weren't here last week, and Chris, I think you had to bow out, actually. So oh, no. if either of you would like to answer this. I thought I did, and like the whole show. Oh, you probably did. Dead Cells, baby. Yeah. Dead Cells? <laughs> oh, just, just more Dead Cells? More Dead Cells. <laughs> the, the latest Dead Cells patch. That's all he yeah. cares about. Mine is just hopes and dreams of Metroid Prime 4. Just just mm-hmm. living off those hopes and dreams mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Never gonna happen. I know. That's so not this year. Thoughts and prayers go out to your hopes and dreams, <laughs> Mike. Oh, man. Depressing. Last year we released a PNG. This is a PSD of Ooh. the logo. <laughs> I was going to say, right now that game exists about as much as Rockstar's Agent. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hopefully we'll see more. Yeah, um, I'm going to keep holding out hope. That, that's that's my my game this year. If it doesn't, doesn't come, I don't know what I'm playing. Yeah. Which one I'm not we, playing Pokemon, that's for sure. Which one do we have a higher chance of seeing? The new Pikmin game or new Metroid? New Metroid. I, I think this Pikmin 4 is almost done thing that happened like four years ago. Oh, I think Miyamoto was not talking about Pikmin 4. I think he was talking about that Hey You Pikmin game that came out on oh, 3DS. Think? I, I really do. There's no way to know, but like, where's the where's the the proof is in the pudding at this point. There's no the proof game is there. in the Pikmin. You're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Trick the TM on VegaGameApocalypse.com said, "I kind of doubt it will be out this year, but Bayonetta three. Mm, that's a good choice. Too. Have we seen anything about that? No. Not, well, we no. saw the little teaser trailer at mm. the Game Awards. That's something. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. After replaying the ports of one and two on Switch, I'm looking forward to the franchise's fast-paced gameplay on the go." I agree. Means on the toilet. <laughs> Yeah. Laser Time Rules says either Metroid Prime 4, hey, are you Laser Time Rules, Micah? Uh, or the next real Pokemon game. Hey, Let's Go was a real Pokemon game. Yeah, it was um, a remake of a real Pokemon yeah. game. Uh, having played Let's Go, I'm quite curious how Nintendo and Game Freak are moving forward with the franchise. In Metroid Prime's case, I've been itching for a new Metroid game. 2017's 3DS remake of Metroid 2 re-sparked my urge for the franchise. Lambert is dead says uh, I played and replayed Resident Evil 2 one summer to the point of exhaustion unlocking everything beating the tofu minigame up until the point that the game was just two odd hours of muscle memory uh, (laughs) without engaging any of my other senses it's still one of my favorite games but I have no inclination to play it again it probably hasn't aged all that well either when I heard about the remake I was cautiously optimistic until Capcom released one of it uh, one of the videos showing off the events, uh, including Mr. X hunting you through the police station in the dark, and holy crap, I think my heart skipped a beat or two. As a total wuss, I know those parts of the game will absolutely wreck me. But being able to play that game and uh, actually feel something again has <laughs> has me more excited than any new title this year. Mm. So Lambert is that is excited to feel an emotion again. <laughs> <laughs> to, to feel feelings. Yeah, I, I, I got a little heat on the official Laser Time Facebook community that uh, the RE2 remake wasn't on our list. Uh, I mean, oh, it, they were, people were saying... That's going to be a good one. Well, it's yeah. going to be good, but uh, you know, I was just saying, hey, it's, it's tough for me to get that excited about a remake of a game i've already played and they're like well it's a totally different game and i'm like is it though i mean so so if here you want me to draw the heat off you and on to me it's the real best game on playstation forget your final fantasy sevens and your metal gears go play resident evil 2 there that's not even that how to take it yeah i'm pathetic (laughs) (laughs) 
But I mean, I if, you, if you played remake on on GameCube, you know that a, a Resident Evil remake can be so vastly different from the game that's yes. based off. Yes. That so as to be an entirely new experience. You know, I never liked Resident Evil One. I was always more of a fan of Resident Evil Two. Yes. Until remake came out on GameCube, and that was just such a brilliant game. I everything they added to it really improved the experience and uh i'm hoping that resident evil 2 is just like a return to form for this franchise like you want to hear my here's my resident evil 2 memory i'm in college and in in my apartment my roommate's like going out to the bars for the night he's like hey dude you want to come with and i'm like no no i'm playing this game this pretty awesome (laughs) game right and so then uh cut to like six hours later 3 a.m he's coming home Matt is passed out on the beanbag chair in front of the <laughs> console uh, with, I, th- I believe it was Flamin' Hot Fritos uh, all oh, over nice. my chest from me, from me eating <laughs> and playing uh, and then passing out while playing that game because um, I couldn't stop playing, didn't care about going out. Loved, loved RE2, don't get me wrong. Uh, and yes, I am also looking forward to the remake, just not on my top five. I am sorry. I think it's on my top five. So okay. I'll... I'll- I'll pick I mean, up it's, the slack where you where It's you what, next it. month or this month? It is in like two weeks. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's crazy. End of the yeah. month. Yeah. It's very soon and then Kingdom Hearts right after, mm-hmm. um, which I will not be playing. Ah. Just to piss, <laughs> oh, just to piss oh, off some Talk people. about drawing heat. <laughs> I know. Now I, we're I just talking. want to make some people mad there. I will not be playing <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 3. I'm just running through Red Dead so I have enough time in my life to play Kingdom Hearts 3 and I know I'm going to... I know it's not worth it. I never played Kingdom Hearts 1 through 27. I probably would be lost with 3. I was watching one on stream today, and I was like, yep, I'm not going to play Kingdom Hearts 3. That's for sure. You wish they were named that logically, 1 through 27. Yeah, that is like very chronological, easy to understand. I mean, I'm guessing at the number, but I don't think I'm that far off. <laughs> yeah. It's just like I am on pins and needles because like having to replay the other ones, like, dude... I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't do this at all. I don't even like the movies. They, 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 they took away all the classic shit. Now it's all like the 3D Disney era. Right. It's 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 just a bunch of Frozen stuff. So yeah. you better I, like I, let I it love, let it go. I love Frozen, but like, do not expect me to get like lose my shit over any moment in the Big Hero Six portion of the game. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Star Wars or no sale. Unless uh, there's like a San Fran Tokyo level, that sounds kind of fun. There is. Oh, yeah, there San is. Fran, it looks San good, Francisco. and I love Big Hero Six. I think that movie's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but okay. I'm a Zootopia man. Eric Strom says, uh, "Cyberpunk 2077, no doubt." The Witcher, th- and so this is presupposing that this comes out this year also. We've, we've yeah, done a lot of that. With we, we admitted it. <laughs> that, that we're hedging there. That was yeah. our number one pick. The, yeah. the Witcher 3 was my obsession when it came out, and I know this will be no different. That demo video cemented how amazing it will be to play a gritty yet funny future tech story. Andrew Harbour says, as someone uh, terribly disappointed in the direction Bethesda went with Fallout 66, Obsidian's The Outer World seems almost tailor-made for me. A first-person action RPG from the original creators of Fallout and the uh, developers of New Vegas, chock full of space cowboy-laden sci-fi goodness, humor, NPCs, dialogue trees, uh, choice-driven narratives, and a whole lot of loot. Sign me up. All right, Drew. Nice. I'm with you. That that, that that game does look like super charming, yeah. and I hate New Vegas. <laughs> really? Um, How do you I hate love New, New Vegas? Vegas? We've said I've said this a billion times. I, I, I played it three times. My save crashed, and I'm like, oh. I'm not. And the game was the bug. It was the first week, so it was like mm. I had not seen a retail release as buggy as that game in my life. Mm. Well, while we're throwing out lukewarm hot takes, New Vegas to me is the best Fallout game since uh, since the reboot of, with three. Yep. Mm. Yep. Uh, Daniel Worthington says, So I'll be the one guy on here giving love to 3DS 
Etrian Odyssey Nexus comes out very soon and is easily my most anticipated game for the year. I fell in love with the series over the course of the 3DS's life, with Etrian 5 being easily one of my top 10 games on the thing. Nexus is basically a best-of for the series, combining many of the classes and dungeons from the previous games, and serves as a great send-off to the dual-screen map-drawing turn-based dungeon-crawling action this series has perfected. Also, more Yuzo Koshiro goodness for my ears. I wonder if that makes the transition over to Switch. Hmm. Etrian Odyssey? Yeah, it's like really been a 3DS franchise for a little while And now, a DS so. franchise before yeah. that. I still posit those games would be better sellers if it didn't sound like Equestrian Odyssey so much. <laughs> like, then again, they might sell better I because like Barbie Horse Adventures was like a huge seller <laughs> when that shit came out. I remember making fun of that series' box art for a while. And it's not, not that it's bad. It's always just that the composition is kind of weird and makes the characters look like they're yelling at something just off screen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Ian Baird says, Toe Jam and Earl back in the groove. As someone who played the original back to front as a kid, having a new top-down roguelite-ish uh, TJ and E release after so many failed attempts has me very excited. From the look and sound, it plays like the original with updated cartoony graphics and four-player online co-op, so my father and I will have a blast playing this one just like we used to in the 90s. So, first of all, that person has great taste, and their dad has great taste, but this is uh, relevant to something we were talking about earlier. Uh, The ToeJam & Earl devs tweeted out today that a character from ToeJam & Earl is also gay. What? What? They didn't say who. They said they're not saying who, but someone is gay from the game. It was mostly poking fun at Blizzard, but... Oh, it is. ToeJam and Earl characters even have genders, technically? Uh, They're aliens. They probably have some kind of gender. They just might not be gender binary. Ah, maybe. Andrew Giacchetti says, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. The first two were my motherfucking jam and turned me from a casual superhero fan to being an obsessive Marvel fan. It showed me so many heroes I never heard of, including Deadpool, Doctor Strange, Black Panther, and Gambit, who became some of my favorites. And it's because of these games that I know so much about Marvel heroes, despite not being much of a superhero comics reader, and the fact that a third game is coming out in what I thought was both a dead series and a dead genre, superhero beat-em-ups, blows my little mind. Add in the Switch exclusivity, and I am wholeheartedly day one purchase, no question about it. Much like Smash Bros. Ultimate, I really hope everyone is here. <laughs> I, I can't even express how cool it was to see Wolverine's Yes! Yeah. Yes! That's cool. I, I, I didn't I didn't realize that would be something I missed. Uh, the, <laughs> the world is weird sometimes. I had a remarkably similar experience as Andrew where like those Mua 1 and 2 were like my first exposure to a lot of those, really? those Marvel characters. Yeah, and so it's a bit like uh, what's the excellent video series you guys did with the Marvel trading cards from the 90s, right, Chris? Where like so many people just kind of learned of those characters from stuff like that. That was like my first exposure and I was like, this is a really cool character. Like, I want to know more about this guy. And then so I went out and I found out Wikipedia, more about Wikipedia, you had to buy in blind box form. Yes. It was horrible. <laughs> yeah, I have like three of those sets from the 90, from like 93. Oh, nice. Two, brother. First three. That's it. By the way, I finally watched Deadpool 2 the other day, and I am so happy that they did Juggernaut correctly in a movie. Yeah, it was good. As in, not like fucking bullet tooth Tony going, I'm the juggernaut, bitch. Right. right. <laughs> that was embarrassing. I'm sorry. I'm a forgotten mean bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we have a uh, video answer from Gallatin Carhartt. 
Good morning, VGA. This is Gallatin Carhartt. Literally good morning because it is about 6.15 in the morning here in the barn doing morning chores for the other job, getting things going. I got the rabbit chores right here. I don't think y'all have ever seen the rabbit room. We got, I think there's like <laughs> 10 rabbits. There's nine, 10 rabbits here. There's a bunch of rabbits. This is a little project that the girls are doing for 4-H. They got the rabbit club out here. They got different breeds. I don't know a single one's name because I don't really care much for the rabbits. Yeah, I say that, but I also feed the rabbits. I water the rabbits. I change the rabbits paper a couple times a week. I do the work for the stinking rabbits and they don't benefit me at all. But anyways, got a couple different breeds. There's that. Let's talk about VGA question of the week. <laughs> that would be, what is your most anticipated game of 2019? Oh, that fellas getting excited over there. Yeah, it's a fella. It's a boy. Um, I would love to say Kingdom Hearts 3, Chris. Uh, I, I, I enjoy me some Kingdom Hearts. I love me some Disney. I would almost say I'm a bigger fan than you. Almost. You, you know some old school stuff. Um, but, and, and why Kingdom Hearts? Because I got a connection with the family. That uh, We all love Disney. We love the, I love the games because it kind of reminds me of Disney World, not Land. World. Um, but also, uh, Avery was born just before two came out and that was a big deal because we had to stick around with Avery. that's a story for later on in life but i'm going to tell you what tops that just a little bit y'all know my love for some pokemon some charizard i want charizard in that new switch pokemon game that'd be nice if he was in there i'd greatly appreciate that i want, I, I want that game I like switch etc anyways fellas i gotta get going because i gotta go get ready for make a party for the trump uh meet and greet tonight that that, that trump special talking about got to build that wall or keep the government shut down because i'm uh i'm all about making america great again not just joking i'll take it easy fellas that was a good joke talk to you, soon. Bye. you should have seen our faces in this like, wait a second it was a really good joke russia what are you talking about Oh, what a wonderful man. Uh, yeah, if you want to hear more about Donald Trump, he made it into this year's Patreon-exclusive Worst of episode. Can you believe it? We try and figure out what was the worst thing he said this year. Oh, he, he called Africa a shithole country this year? Holy shit, that feels like three years ago. He's a wonderful man, a gift that keeps on giving. Try and imagine yourself four years from now, and it'll be hilarious. I can't. I, I've just come from myself knowing, like, all this shit will be really, really dated in about ten years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, new question of the week. What's a long-dead franchise you'd want to see make a comeback? I feel like we've already answered this, but uh, if you have any additional answers, go ahead. Just everyone write in and say F-Zero. Hopefully that'll start <laughs> no. getting the gears turning on that one. Yeah, that'll do it. Um, Speaking of gears. F-Zero. I, I fucking love racing games. I love futuristic games. I would really like more games like F-Zero, if not a legit F-Zero. I have one we didn't bring up. S S. X. Hmm. Uh, it's it's been a while. You know, it's been since 2012 since the last game, which I think was a little ahead of its time. Like it was trying to be this weird Super SX snowboard yeah. and Supercross, one step ahead of the game. Exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm just glad you didn't try to sing it tricky. I would have oh, had to catch you off that there. game. I'm sorry that that game was kind of irritating. I love. I don't know. The tricky just had a flow with me. It had that white dude with the afro who was played by David Arquette. <laughs> dude, I, I have that action figure. Oh my god! <laughs> ah. 
I don't know, man. I just I really love the SSX games. Um, and the last one I really enjoyed. Not that many people got into it, obviously, because there hasn't been it. one forever. Yeah, it, it was cool. It was trying new things. It was like, to be honest, when you go back and like play Steep, like a lot of what Steep's doing, like, hey, this is this open world where you can like warp around the mountain and try out different events. Like SSX from 2012 was trying some of those things. It was just, I think people were wanting another tricky, maybe. I don't know. Just that whole extreme sports genre kind of doesn't exist that much anymore. Yeah. And it's been a long time and I really loved SSX. So why not? It was the best PlayStation 2 launch game. It has that mm-hmm. weird distinction. Like, there was nothing else worth playing when PS2 came out. Like, what are you going to do? Play the bouncer? <laughs> Fuck you. Or, like, the fireworks thing? Yeah. Fantavision <laughs> was actually all right. I went back and played that years later, and it's like, oh, no, this is fun. I think snowboarding games in general, we just need more of them, because those are just yeah. a fun genre of games. The Steep was really fun. And I would, I mean, yeah, I'd take a new SSX. SSX wasn't even, I mean, I like 1080. I mean, I'm a Nintendo guy, you know? Dude, bring back <laughs> all of EA Sports big. Like, I love that little sub-label. Like, what the fuck happened, dude? NBA Street, SSX. NBA like, Street, that was. Yeah, there we go. There's another one, NBA yeah. Street. Let's just get old games. Can, yeah, can let's do that. I want a new time split. Yeah. Bushido yeah. Blade, baby. I, I can't believe that that, has, that formula hasn't even been imitated by, like, any indies that I'm aware of. Like, yeah. Uh, I th- well, I guess you could say like uh, die kick, kick is really? a little bit, a little bit like uh, like with the one hit. Yeah, it's kill. the one the one hit kill thing, yeah. you know. Yeah. But like I just, I just remember like playing the original game and it was like so beautifully understated and then like you could uh, it was possible to like just disable your opponent right at the beginning by slashing their leg and then just running straight into the well <laughs> so that you like go go right to the end game. Yeah, there there was all kinds of like cool like secret world things with that game mm-hmm. like yeah you, you you would explore around like yeah Bushido Blade was super yeah. cool weird open world fighting game <laughs> yes yeah yeah because you would like wander around the environments and then mm-hmm. come across a dude and it would just be like a duel yeah, yeah. well like it was it was that there was like uh, if you're playing the story mode there was like one big open environment and mm-hmm. then like each, as you d- defeat an opponent, a new one would come in and take their place. But, like, you could run away. You could go to different places. You could cut down half of a bamboo forest. It was amazing. <laughs> yes, dude. Yeah. Yes. Ah, oh, love that series. Chris? Time splitters. Why not? Yeah. See, that's go. another good that's one. A, time to split. Time splitters was so good. Time, uh, specifically two. Mm. I played the shit out of Time Splitters 2 on GameCube. Yep, on GameCube was the best yep. version and of it. Yep. Future Perfect good. was a lot of fun as well. Mm. There you go. And no one lives forever. Nolf, <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Worked worked for Vivendi, the company that put out the Nolf oh, games. Wow. And that's one of those it's one of those IPs that's it's in rights owner hell. Like because mm. no one picked it up when Vivendi shut down or Vivendi Games uh, specifically. So like yeah, don't know really who owns Nolf at this point. For those who didn't play those games, it was like a female James Bond type game with with I don't want to say cross with Austin Powers, but a little bit. It was like the '60s. Well, super because spy. yeah, it was that yeah. swinging '60s, yeah, like yeah, super yeah. colorful psychedelic uh, beehive hairdo era. Yeah, yeah, but just a cool like shooter that was trying new things mm-hmm. and had a totally different aesthetic. I think that's yeah. one of the reasons people look so fondly upon that. Is like, yep. there's how many video games have done that '60s aesthetic? Not not that many. Not enough. Yeah, not enough. Yeah. Certainly. Um, so what's a long dead franchise you want to see make a comeback? Let us know. Go to vidgamapocalypse.com and answer under the article for episode 298. Alternately, you can hit us up on the official Laser Time community on Facebook. Uh, there'll be a thread there where you can answer or tweet at us at VG Apocalypse. 
And uh, we'll pick a selection of the best answers to read live on next week's show. Live in quotes. Anyway, that's been our show. Let's go out with some plugs. Micah, you're the guest. What do you want people to pay attention to? <laughs> just, just write letters demanding F zero <laughs> to Nintendo. How about that? I no, you. If you really want to, you could follow me on Twitter. I'm at, at dash underscore reindeer because uh, I'm a jackass and put an underscore in there. <laughs> and I will have another project that I've been working on that I could discuss on here maybe in a few weeks if I come back Um, but I can't talk about it just yet Mm. alright titillating Micah very Mm -hmm. titillating I'm trying to build up some anticipation there very nice Uh, I already teased the earlier episode of VGA 266 if you want to hear about franchises that did make a comeback I'll go ahead and plug um, Michael and I also appeared on this week's Laser Time with the best of 2018 for TV and movies the Laser Time West crew makes an appearance and breaks down our favorite stuff of the year it's a nice counterpart to the patreon exclusive worst of episode yeah with diana goodman and leif johnson that's right mm-hmm. yeah and uh yeah it's a star-studded cast uh <laughs> spanning the entire country we're talking about our favorite <laughs> things of the year and i do love the bitter counterpart that is looking at the worst tech companies uh movies and television of the year as well as once again sweeping the worst person of the year award our mad king <laughs> donald trump uh, just a wonder, a wonderful man who puts his, his just says objectively says something stupid or disgusting every single day, mm-hmm. every day this year. He's the gift <laughs> that keeps on giving. It's it, it, like I'm I'm beyond being mad at it. It's just like this is masterful. <laughs> like, this is this is wonderful. But that's In a hundred years, he'll be recognized as an outrage artist. That's- Exclusive for patrons at patreon.com slash laser time, which supports this show as well as 30 2010, uh, which this week has a little bit of a British, a uh, little bit of a British invasion, as well as last week, the 90s was dominated by the premiere of The Sopranos. And this week, it is dominated by Jon Stewart's first appearance on The Daily Show. That is probably the thing we talk about wow. the most. It, uh, its importance can't be understated. Guess what? We're lefties. Anyway. Uh, and and then uh, and then I just wanted to say that this episode has been executive produced by Jessica. That's the only name she gave. Uh, and many other fine people at patreon.com slash laser time. For the price of just five bucks, you can keep your favorite podcast going. And uh, we'd like to launch some new stuff for you. So maybe consider that if you like what we do. My favorite memory of Jon Stewart is when he got felt up on his uh, Jon Stewart show by Howard Stern, who was guesting. Ah, yeah. That was weird. <laughs> I remember that. He said he said this line, because he's naked on the cover of his book, I'm hung like a pimple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag not my Craig Kilborn. Oh, you're also a Craig Kilborn fan? <laughs> I liked Craig Kilborn. See, I, was... I, don't, I don't even remember what his era was like. It was better. Uh, no, no, no I'm trying fun. to I'm trying to rile some people up, but I was a big fan of the Craig Kilborn Daily Show for sure. That's what we were cool. talking about. Like, I think the Daily Show was instantly awesome, but like he was he was a fucking puppet fueled by great writers, and John Stewart came in with a different vision and kind of like changed the shape of not only news but like late night. I, I say it on the show, but like every single late night monologue is now the Daily Show. Period. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 the days of Jay Leno, like you hear about this, you hear about this. <laughs> Somebody got a celebrity got caught looking at a prostitute. Like that doesn't happen anymore. We don't talk about that anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just the Daily Show. 
someone yeah. breaking down the news and, and, and breaking through the bullshit. In an era where, like, Johnny Carson was known and notorious for criticizing a president. Like, that was, like, a big scandal. Like, he on-air criticized a president. Now that is a nightly occurrence by pretty much every stand-up. I mean, if they didn't have that, how would they even start their shows on on late night? (laughs) Right. I hear Gerald Ford's been hanging out with a guy named Bruce. (laughs) (laughs) A really good Carson reference from Google. Yes, Johnny. Yes. (laughs) These are good impressions. <laughs> this is uh, why I don't yes. do impressions. <laughs> we we are retiring them after this show. So no, no. We, use them now. we all need to remember. We need to remember Ed McMahon. Okay. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jesus. All right. As always, you can follow the show on Twitter at VG Apocalypse or me personally at Wikiparas. That's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sorry. I know that was very attractive. <laughs>